Extreme PC UK. Hi and welcome to episode 37 Extreme PC UK podcast. Today is the 27th of Feb and I'm your host Nick, also known as Extreme PC UK on Steam. Today joining me on the show is... Hello, I am Hans and on Steam I am Michael from Hell. Hi, I'm Jansen and on Steam I'm Jay himself. Hi, I'm Tom and on Steam I'm Insane One. <laughs> that was like the most driest intro ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> All of us have got colds. And so, so I don't think it's going to be a really, really long podcast today because I think everybody's dying, aren't they? I think, Hans, your throat's messed up. Yeah, a little bit. My nose is bunged up. <laughs> but yeah, it's been an interesting month, so uh, we've got a few bits to talk about. Right, first, if you've got any questions, send them into extremepeaceuk at gmail.com. There can be questions about anything. We love all the questions. I've been getting a few more of them right lately, so that's cool. Uh, we have a Steam group, Extreme PC UK. Add yourself on there to keep updated with what's going on with the games and so you can join games with us a lot and the crew. We also have a TeamSpeak. If you want to join that, it's free. You can check that out on our website. Uh, and Instagram. We've had loads of pictures going on there recently. It's getting much, much bigger, the Instagram. All my work's on there, all the latest builds. We've got some really good builds we're going to talk about a little bit later on. So check out Instagram, Extreme PC UK. And we have a Facebook that Young Hands runs, and that's getting much more popular as well, isn't it, Hans? Yeah, uh, we got a few interesting discussions on there pretty cool right let's move on to some news first up i'd like to say i mentioned last month i did a crowdfunder project which was just i don't know a test to see if we could get a pc built people can put some cash in like a quid or five quid if it gets to a thousand pound i'll build a machine and i'll give it away to a viewer it will be like total random like a raffle basically first of all i'd like to say thanks to john maxfield because he put 10 pound in so that's much appreciated but Sadly, I don't think that it's going to make the £1,000. But it was quite funny. Three days ago, someone put two grand in. Did you see it, boys, or not? Yeah, yeah. I did. Someone, <laughs> put two, <laughs> someone put two grand in. I was like, whoa, someone's put two grand in there. And then, sadly, can... a, an hour later, the two grand came back out and it went back. <laughs> uh, but it I can was pretty tell cool. you it wasn't me. Yeah, it's pretty cool <laughs> for, for a good hour. We was all like, yes, machine <laughs> shall be built. I've got a feeling it's not going to make the £1,000, so I think that you'll get your money back anyway. But if anyone is still interested and you're willing to put the money in there to build the machine, just go to www.crowdfunder.co.uk forward slash extreme PC UK. All the details are on there, and we'll see what happens with that. Next up, Premier Computer Fairs. They're the shows that we go to all around the country. Sadly, we're not going to be going to the ones this weekend, which are going to be Haydock Racecourse on Saturday the 4th of March. And then there's going to be another one in Coventry on the Sunday, the 5th of March. Just go to premiercomputerfairs.co.uk to check that out. Yeah, we will be going to a few of them soon, but we haven't got any planned right this second. But they are cool. I really like them. We get to chat to all the people, play all the games, get right involved. Yeah, last show was pretty cool, wasn't it? Yeah, last show was pretty cool. Me and Jansen, we'd done it on our own. We had a couple of games being played there. Met some really cool characters. Had a lot of interesting chats. So, you know, if anyone out there does want to get involved, you know, come down to the shows. We're more than happy to let people linger around on our stall, just chat and play games. And, you know, instead of just walking around the show and walking out again, like look at all the stuff and leave, you know, then you get to get involved, play some games, talk about some computers, you know. and be a Street Fighter challenge going on. <laughs> yeah. We've got some other games going on as well, but mainly we have a Street Fighter up there because it's easy to get on with. A lot of people like that. But I, I like just chatting to the people more, you know, just getting involved with people, hearing people's stories about their computers, what builds they're doing, what their upgrades they're doing. Yeah. And, you know, I find a lot of people will come to our stand and we'll just talk about, like, they'll ask me questions about, I'm going to do this, what do you think about this? And, you know, that's what we love, that's what we're there for, you know. 
just to talk to people about what they can do what in because we've got a lot of information a lot of people don't have so it's good to get our opinions across to people and that and they shape someone's pc future basically isn't it yeah exactly yeah yeah right moving on i'd like to talk about pc gamer weekender now this is pretty close to home for us it was in olympia uh it's a big show going on and i've got to say i really enjoyed it. it was it was much smaller than all the other shows wasn't it yeah it was probably about the same size as Res. Yeah, because Res is in Tobacco Dock, which is pretty small. Res is more, it's like indie games, isn't it? And this yeah. this was a load of, like, lots of gaming, but lots of sales as well. I really enjoyed it. it was, I felt like I spoke to a lot more people, got a lot more information in a lot shorter space of time, and I felt I really got something out of it. What about you, Jens? Yeah, I liked it. It's one of the best ones I've been to so far. And I felt like there was a lot of games that were on demo that I actually wanted to play. Yeah. It wasn't like massively overpacked as well. It's like you could no. walk up to a stand, get on a game, chat to the developer, talk to them about what they're doing with the game, you know, get interesting, really go deep with them. They're not rushing to talk to somebody else. It must but, be quite nice having the time to be able to speak to them and not be yeah. like in a queue or... Yeah, it was just it was just nice the fact that you could wander around and you could like just chat to people freely. It wasn't just like rushing around, people going nuts everywhere and like people fighting to get on. Like we we played an Atari. I don't know what game it was. Do you know what game it was, James? Oh, it, it was like a it was Space Invaders, but like a different version of it. Yeah, and we just uh, kept... it's probably Sky Alien then on the Atari two thousand six hundred. It might be. It's yeah. like it's pretty much the same as you can imagine. Like a little bit across yeah. the bottom, firing the the things up. And at first I was pretty crap at it, um, and then I realised the keys on that Atari are just weird. It was like a control right. key, and then this, and then that, and I've, I haven't played an Atari for years. But once we got the hang of it, I got up on top of the scoreboard, put Extreme PC UK out there, and then Matt come along and smashed my score. First yeah, time. First time. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I spent ages trying to get up there. But yeah, that, that show was actually, it was sponsored by HP Omen. I don't know if any of you have seen an Omen case before. Not yeah. me. It's no. like a big square box and it weighs about 20 kilos, 25 kilos, and it's tilted on its axis, so it's like triangle from the bottom and it's on a stand. Oh, is that the and, one that you sent on uh, WhatsApp? Yeah, pretty much. We went to the show and it was sponsored by HP Omen, their top build. It's Omen X, it's called. That day, me and Jansen was actually doing a private job building one of these cases. Now, this case costs £550 on its own and we've done some pretty unique stuff to it. You can buy it from HP for about, I think it's about six grand for the equivalent of what we just built, wasn't it, Jance? Yeah. And uh, yeah, we, we, we built one for a customer and we've gone way out with this thing, man. And it's not even finished yet. There's a lot more work to go on with it, but there'll be more pictures. There's pictures on my Instagram already, but there's going to be more pictures going on of what we do. But it's a bit of a long process. It's a bit of a secret, but it's going to look mad because I, I don't understand. HP have brought out this top-end Omen case. Now, the door on it, yeah, is solid metal, so you can't... It's tilted back, so it's like, if the door's off, you can look into the case. You can see all the components there at an angle. They're looking at you. But then they put a solid steel door on it. I don't get it. Yeah. What did you, like, me and Jansen was like, what's going on? We went and spoke to the guy on the stand, and he was pretty much like... At first, he was like, yeah, yeah, they're doing this, they're doing that. I can't give you any secrets away. And he was like, are they going to have a window on it? Because what's the point of a case with such a show? That's the main feature, to see the parts. If you had this case on the floor in front of you, it would be like a speaker at a concert looking up at you, wouldn't it, sort of? Yeah. And the thing is, if you've spent £550 on a case, you're going to have some pretty top-end gear inside as well that you'd want to show off. Yeah, and you just couldn't see it. But <laughs> I spoke, we spoke to the guy... 
And it turned out in the end, he was like, he just said to us openly, like, look, I, I'm selling it here, but I don't really know the details. Because we was doing the build later on that day, I'm firing all sorts of questions at him about how to fit this in. Has it got cables run for that? Because because it's a HP actual setup, they've got their own motherboard, they've got their own water cooler and all that that goes in it. So all the cables are run inside for their motherboard to go straight in it all to be plugged in. And obviously, we was putting some Asus Strix motherboard in there with all the LED lighting, RGB and all that sort of stuff. And so we was trying to get information about if it's going to fit, how we're going to do it and what we're going to do. But it didn't really, for a, for a HP stand, they didn't really give us that much information. They're more sales guys, weren't they? Yeah. And then us two come along and start like racking people's brains with all sorts of weird questions. <laughs> People yeah. just looking at us like, what, what? He basically knew the information that you could get off their website. So it was just the basics, like spec off the machine, wasn't it? Yeah. We, we came away from there. And do you know what? I did say to Jansen after, there's nothing better. When you go to a show and you play games, it makes you want to go home and play your computer, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, we went to the show, saw all these, like, I don't know, all these upgraded PCs with water cooling in them and all these different designs and all that sort of stuff at the show. And I said to Jansen, we left there about 12, and I was like, I'm well hyped now just to go and build this computer because it's going to be, this, this computer's proper top end. There's a few grand spent in there. It was just like, yeah, we'll just get stuck into this, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah, so when, we, when we'd actually been to the show and uh, seen all this, it was proper hype to go and do this build. And we got around there and pretty much just put all of our efforts into this one main computer. But yeah, like I said, if you go on Instagram, Extreme PC UK, um, I'm sort of drip feeding pictures of it at the moment, like one every day or two days, depending on like likes, because I'm getting loads of likes on it at the moment. So I'm spreading it out. It's not like bit by bit. And then there'll be a couple of videos at the end. But yeah, check it out. And there's and that, still more to come as well, because we've, yeah. the, the, we've got it up and running. We've got all the RGB set up, but there's still like the custom work that we're yeah. working on. Well, the, the main computer's built. It's all there up and running. It's all sweet. But what we're going to be doing to the case is yet to come. And that takes a lot more longer because there's a lot of people involved in what happens. But that will be up and we'll, we'll let you know when that comes out. It should be £550 case and you're going to start chopping it up. Yeah, man. £550 case and we're going to muller it. <laughs> but I bet when it's it, done it's it going to look be, much better yeah it's going to be a one off case it's going to be worth three times that I'll tell you what yeah. I'm going to send a picture to HP yeah and see what, what they say about done. it <laughs> yeah I'll tell you what I, when you see it you'll you'll be like yeah that's impressive but we'll leave that till uh, till it's uh, ready to come out on pictures but yeah anyway moving on right Hans what have you been doing for news well besides controller wars um AMD Ryzen Risen, whatever Ryzen. hell you want to say. Yeah. I think it's Ryzen. Yeah, Ryzen Risen Ryzen. I've heard so many different names for it. Can yeah. we just Isn't... call it Zen? <laughs> do, do you watch? Have any of you ever watched um, Breaking Bad? Nope, yeah. I know nope. of it, but I haven't watched it. Isn't Ryzen the poison that he uses to kill that guy? No, that's Ryzen. Uh, <laughs> sounds the same, doesn't it? <laughs> as soon as I heard it, I was like, ah, they're bringing out chips that are poison now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that depends on the way you look at it, I guess. Uh, do you know what? I've got to say, I'm just... I don't know. I just... I want to believe that they're going to be this and that, but nowadays the hype train's so big. It's like, well, there's, there's it's always things. the same. First of all, they are very good CPUs, right? There's no, no denying that one. But I'm still waiting for some real-world benchmarks here. Thing is that the R7-1800X, yeah? Which is base clock of 3.6 gigahertz, yeah, and actually goes to turbo uh, frequency of 4 gigahertz and beyond if you overclock it, of course. Do you know the wattage yeah. of it? That's 95. 95. So oh, yeah, cool. 
pretty pretty good and these yeah. are actual eight cores and 16 threads so yeah. there's none of that crap where, where one core was actually two cores or something from the previous generation not sure how it worked yeah because there was a lot of confusion over the cores like because people would go oh i've got an intel four core and then they'd go oh i've got an amd6 core but then there were different yeah, types of cores these, to clear any confusion these are actual cores and actual threads no, but there's one thing, like their flagship, the R7-1800X, yeah, is priced in the US at $490, yeah. That CPU destroys core for core, yeah, the 8-core uh, uh, Intel one, I forgot, the 6900, I think it is. Yeah, the latest one out. Yeah, and it actually destroys it in, in benchmarks, but those were cherry-picked by AMD themselves. Yeah, that's a bit different so, though. You can go to yeah. Intel and like... Also, I'm not sure if, if it was overclocked. So I don't have that, that info. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, all, this is all speculation anyway. It's just, this is what we know so far, what we've heard, isn't it? These are the, the so-called leaked images, but be careful. I posted one on Facebook and it turned out to be a fake a few days later, so... Did it get taken off? Uh, no, I made a message uh, about it that it was a oh, fake. All right, cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, because so it showed the 1700X, I think your normal 1700 actually uh, had a worse performance than the 6700 in GTA 5 at 1080p. Yeah. But it was a, it was photoshopped apparently. So what? So uh, are any of you gonna go for any of these chips? Maybe. I'll be interested. Yep. But I want some real world benchmark. That's why I ask you to to test yours. Yeah, because you want to know the 5820K versus that chip, wasn't it? Versus the 1800X, yeah. Yeah, I just need to get some, um, because, do you know what, I do a lot of benchmarking and a lot of overclocking on my CPU and my graphics card, but, to be honest, I don't think I've got an actual benchmarking program that does just the CPU, so I'm going to have to try and find something, download it, yeah, I looked at one just now. I Prime 95 had it, but apparently it didn't. So. Prime 95 is a stress test. Yeah, okay. It maxes yeah, what it about out. The, uh, the Intel Extreme? Yeah, that gives you a score for the CPU, but it does the overall computer as well, doesn't it? Not sure. I'm I'm really not not uh, very known when it comes to CPU benchmarking, same as you. Yeah, I'm just having a quick look whilst I'm on here, and it's got yeah, it's got a benchmark on there, but it benchmarks the whole computer. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I really would like a benchmark, yeah. especially for the CPU. And it gives you a score. More fair. Yeah, maybe maybe it might work, might be okay because it gives you a maximum processor frequency and the temperature of CPU at the time. So. Uh, yeah. How many curios uh, out of curiosity? How many threads does your um? Mine's six cores, six threads. Okay, this is an eight core, sixteen thread. So in yeah, pure cause... theory. In pure theory, this chip should destroy it. Yeah, because so. the newer, the newer ones, um, when you go to the Sky Lake and the, the Kaby Lake, they now like the four core ones have got four cores and eight threads. Yeah. So they uh, are they are going up, but mine's six like real cores and uh, yeah. six threads. I am talking about the eighteen hundred X here. They have some others uh, like the seventeen hundred X. Yeah. Which is has also eight cores and sixteen threads, but it's clocked at three point four and has a boost of three point eight gigahertz. So and then there's a 1700, uh, the 1700, which has what? also eight cores and 1600, uh, one, 16 threads. Sorry. One thing that I'm uh, also would like to know, you probably don't know the information and probably not even out there yet. But like, if you go say a Sky Lake or Cable Lake, you can get a motherboard like relatively cheap, like under 200 quid for a good one, yeah. When you go to the pro boards like mine, which is six core 5820K, which is X99, I believe, I think. Um, Could be, yeah. Basically, my motherboard is really expensive. They start at like 220 quid. With these AMD chips, are the motherboards going to be reasonably priced or are they going to be no like, idea. yeah, chips it's are cheap, AM, but... AM4 Plus now, huh? 
Yeah, but see, it could be a matter of, yeah, they got their price of their chips down a bit, but then the motherboard, to put the chip on, is going to cost a fortune, and then that would just be counteracting everything they brought out, you know, they yeah, still make their I money have, on price. I have seen some of the new um, motherboards, like some of the Asus ones that are coming out. Yeah. So you've got the Asus uh, Crosshair. Um, okay. That's the Crosshair 6. The dollar price is $255. Yeah, yeah so, that, okay, so that means it'll be reasonable price. Also about uh, the dollar prices compared to here, because the 1800X here yeah, is priced at $499, yeah? But when you want to pre-order it here, it's a whopping 600 euros. Yeah. At the so, moment, over here, I've found with prices of anything that's imported is just off the chart at the moment. I, like, think, I think I saw on Amazon UK the 1800. I'm not sure if, the, if it's the X version or normal version for 560 uh, pounds. Yeah. Which is See, really expensive. Yeah. But in comparison to the Intel chips that are, are equal to it, they're double the price. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I you think... Know, there's an Intel one that cost about 1,100 euros. That's the most expensive one, I think. At least the yeah. most expensive mainstream like, one. For me, at the moment, all the jobs I do, I always try and persuade the customer, unless they're on a tight budget, to go with Intel. Yeah. Just because of my experience and my knowledge of what AMD used to be like. And, you know, I haven't got a thing bad against them, but just purely from what Intel has compared to them with the wattages and the temperatures yeah. and stuff like that, I've just always gone with them. But if they can match it... You know, who knows? It's no, like it's like mobile phones. It. They actually went way over it at the moment. So yeah. it's like mobile phones. For real-world benchmarks, if, if this is true, yeah, if this is all correct, then they have beaten AM. Uh, they have beaten Intel. Yeah, but I have heard that Intel have actually brought their prices down. They've yep, dropped. They slashed I, their prices in I the haven't States. seen any evidence of that, but no, it's not here yet. Um, in Belgium, same didn't cut the prices yet. Not sure in the UK, yeah. but it's effectively in the the US that they cut prices by three to four hundred dollars from some of their ships. Yeah. The other thing they're doing as well is they're releasing like the spec of their newer chip that's coming out. I think next year, which is something that they never do, and they're doing it make people like, hold on. Yeah, because, yeah, because of what AMD is coming up with, they're basically trying to counteract that by saying, well, look, this is what we're coming up in the future. Yeah, well, that's what you need, though, in the market. You need two people that are going to keep undercutting each other yeah, so that we get it I'm cheaper really in the end. I'm really glad AMD finally delivered for once. It's, yeah. it, they, they've been out of the market for way too many years, and it makes you a little bit optimistic for their Vega cards also. They're, they yeah. already said they're not going to match the NVIDIA high-end ones, but probably in the mid-range, they're going to be better than at least that's what I hope. Intel, price. like, monopolizing the market, they can kind of pick and choose what they want and yeah. their prices. But now that they've got competition, like, they are starting to pull out their finger and think, oh, hold on, we might lose customers now. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's like, do you remember the old Nokia phones? Everyone had a Nokia, didn't they, yeah? yeah. But then there's always someone, like iPhone, that Apple, that come along and supersede at yeah. a certain point and just take the market and run with it. Yeah. And, you know... I don't think AMD is going to do that, but I do think that AMD will draw down prices a bit, like with Intel's processors. And I was just thinking about it just now. You know, at the moment, if you were to say to somebody, oh, "I want like a mid to high end gaming PC," you'd say like, mm, "You might get away with one for about eight hundred to a grand." Yeah, I don't know up to two grand, you'd get a stunning machine. But if you wanted to go all out cheap, then you'd probably get one for about five hundred quid. Yeah. If they can knock the prices down by keep undercutting each other and pushing each other down, it would be really good because if, if computers and PCs can get down to the same sort of price range as buying like a PlayStation or an Xbox with like the controllers and a couple of games, 
you know, like three, four, five hundred quid, and for the medium end, then I think that's where the PC market will start taking over proper. You know, cutting out all the Xboxes and all that. Yeah, because at this moment, I, I told you that earlier, like like the PlayStation Four Pro, yeah, yeah, they have four K thirty FPS, and to get that same result on a PC, you need to pay triple the money at least. Yeah. So there's there's go, there's gonna be there's gonna have to be a middle ground somewhere and soon. Yeah, it seems to me like there's a fork in the road, and c consoles and PCs are going different different ways now. PC gaming's getting bigger and it's getting cheaper, and it's getting more and more. What's the word? I don't know. Uh, Mainstreamed. Like, yeah, it's just like yeah. like the lights and stuff. You're seeing in little shops, you know, like you can go in PC world now, just normal PC world, and you'll have a whole range of bloody keyboards lit up and controllers and headphones. Yeah, and, RGB's a thing. Yeah, though. it's just becoming more and more and more. And if you looked back five years ago, it wouldn't have been like that. You wouldn't have had a, you wouldn't have had these motherboards with bloody lights all over them. No, no. It was just a normal motherboard, you know. Yeah, but as we were saying, that's why I'm so hyped a little bit for AMD Ryzen uh, or Ryzen, whatever. Yeah, Ryzen. Uh, yeah, to get the prices down. Yeah. Now I do think it's good that they're but, doing but it. But then again, like the, like the 1800X at a whopping 600 euros, in my opinion, that's not a budget build. That's a really expensive CPU you got there. Is that their um? What's their low end chips priced at? In the speech? low you know end chip, from what I understand, is the R3 1100, which has four cores, four yeah. threads, 65 watts, a base clock of 3.2 gigahertz, a boost of 3.5 gigahertz, and it would be 129 dollars, which will probably be wow. around 200 euros here, sir. So. Yeah, because I do know this time round, Intel is bringing out a dual... They used to bring out different processors, but they didn't take them down, unlocked processors down to dual core and that. I was looking at it the other day. They're bringing out a, a really low-end dual core processor, which I think is clocked at something like 3.5, or it might even be 3.9. I'm not sure. I just heard about it. Yeah, but these are all quad-core, just saying. Uh... Yeah. Well, this is uh, dual core with, with um, threads, but I did look into it, and it's more towards the overclockers. It's not for gaming, but they are bringing out the lower end unlocked processors. Yeah, if I remember correctly, all those Risen chips will be overclockable. So yeah, it's not but like Intel. That... We have to buy a K version to overclock this one. They're supposed to be all overclockable. Yeah, but the Intel ones I'm talking about, they sound really good. Like people would hear it if I said to you, "Oh, you can get um, a dual core processor running at four gigs, yeah, or three point eight, or whatever it is." You'd think, "Oh, dual core threaded." You'd think, "Oh, that's like a normal chip now." But the point I'm getting at is they've brought it out as a K unlock processor, but they're not designed for gaming. They're designed for people that do high end overclocking because yeah, they overclock so much higher. And, yeah, yeah, and they get the high scores with them processors. So a lot of people are like, oh, that'd be a really good cheap gaming processor. Dual core, but dual core's never been brilliant for gaming. So, you know, if AMD come out with this chip, which is only like, what's the equivalent? 100 quid, you know, that's, that's yeah, a game changer yeah. for gaming because. A lot of people don't want the top high end. They just want something to get by, gives them medium to high graphics. And that chip, if you had to add one that's running that, that can overclock as well, it's going to run any graphics cards. You're sorted, you know, put a 1050 in there and that, it's not a lot of money. But yeah, we get where you're coming from anyway, you know, and we get, we understand what you're, yeah, what you're trying I to think, say about these chips. Anyway, um, either way you look at it, these are damn fine CPUs and we have competition again, which is always good for the consumer. Yeah. Just hope that they, uh, Work as good as they say they're gonna work, that's, yeah. and, and they're pretty and next strong. Next one on the podcast, we're gonna have some real-world benchmarks. So yeah, that's cool. You're gonna uh, test yours. I'm gonna test mine. And a friend of mine said he's gonna buy an an R7 1800X. So I'm gonna have his benchmarks also. So you'll have some real-life proof. Yep. Wicked. The other thing I saw about the new AMD chips is the stock coolers that come with them look pretty cool as well. 
because they're going to have like a an RGB ring around the fan. Really? That, yeah, that's yeah. going to come as standard. So it the pictures I saw, they looked like they were matte grey, and then they had an RGB ring around it. I'm just looking at one of them now, and this one hasn't got um, a ring around it. It's just it's like a, a square block. Imagine a fan, a normal fan but smaller, and it's just got AMD and it's got it's got, like got coloured lighting. That might be RGB. Like I said just now, it's something everybody's cottoning onto, isn't it? Like coloured lights and flashy. It's really yeah. selling at the moment. Don't we all have an RGB keyboard now? No. Well, do you know what? This build that we just did this... <laughs> <laughs> what? I just cut him off. Just shut him down. Shut, shut down. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. I was thinking something. I had to say it before it left the, it left the head. <laughs> Uh, that's quite funny. Sorry, people. Shut down. Gotta love it. When Nick's speaking, no one speaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm going to say what he's going to say because I forgot what I was going to say anyway now. Just ask, don't we all have an RGB keyboard now? Do you know what? Mine's not RGB. Mine's just blue LEDs. Well, I've got I to say... say, I just bought a keyboard and it's RGB. You hate it. I don't really like the keyboard. Which um... one is it? It's the Steel Series Apex 350. Okay, I got the K95 from Corsair. It, it's an alright keyboard and it's RGB, but you can't RGB every single individual key. They've done it in sections, so you can change the colour of four different sections. But the thing is, the, the quality, build quality of it isn't that great. I but thought the reason why you bought that was because it was meant to have the solid build quality. No, that's, that's Steel Series for you. Well, when I was looking online, because I never had one in my hands to feel, I was just going on what people were saying online and pictures and things like that, and it looked quite good. It's only when I got it out of the box. Yeah, but I... you do have to remember, Jance, a lot of people that buy these keyboards now, they've gone from a normal keyboard, like a Microsoft one or something, and they've gone out and bought, oh, I'll buy a new keyboard which has got coloured lights and all that on it. So most of the reviews will say, yeah, it's really good, because they, they just want the standard coloured keyboard like me. For Leo, my son's computer, I got him an imported £20 keyboard. It changes colour, it fades different colours and stuff like that, and he loves it. If I asked him, he'd be like, yeah, it's really good. Maybe Doesn't it's help. because of what I went from. I thought you were going to say, maybe it's because he's only five. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be that as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the keyboard I had before this was the Logitech DeNovo. And yeah. That was the luxury keyboard, so it didn't have anything special about it. It was just the pure build quality because it was all brushed aluminium, piano yeah. black, membrane keys that were like really super soft. Yeah. It's quite funny because people are so funny about the keyboards and mouse, aren't they? They really, like me, I, I used to use a wireless Microsoft one. I didn't really care, to be honest. It was, that's not my area of caring. I never used to bother. And then it got to the point where the batteries kept running out. And I was like, right, I better get a gaming keyboard. Everyone telling me they're much faster. And I went out and bought that Rocker Cat, like Isku. Yeah. And that was when keyboards, you didn't have RGB and all the colours. You just bought a keyboard, and if it had lights on it, it was a bonus. Yeah. And I think I paid about 90 quid for this. And all it does is has extra keys on it you can program. It's got a recordable like, bit on it. It's got a few keys that take you on the internet, extra stuff like that, which I've never, ever used. There's just a whole row of keys I've not used. I think the only one I use is the volume control. And, uh, yeah, it's just got blue lights, and it goes from light shade to dark shade, like the brightness. I've got to say, I paid 90 quid around roughly for it, but now I'm looking around seeing keyboards everywhere. I just think, oh, I love that keyboard. Oh, I love that keyboard. You know, with all the different lights. I saw one 
and every single key could be changed to colour you wanted it, and then you could have like colours flashing through it, so it was like night sky, like stars. At night when you turn the lights off, it looks like it's all lit up and twinkling and stuff. It's proper crazy. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. But we did see them ones, didn't we? That fire dance from... First Gamer. First Gamer. Check them out. They look. They, they were 25 quid when we saw them, and now they've got up really expensive. Yeah, because they've got two. They've got the fire dance and the fire rose. One's, yeah. bla- one's black and black and white, and then the other one's just white. Yeah, but they're all customizable. Everything on yeah. it is customizable. Every single key can be taken off, changed for another key, and you could in, you can actually have all these different patterns flowing through it. And yeah, really good. I thought your keyboard was pretty good because you could do the different sections. So the WSAD, and you've actually got a, sec- a different set of keys for the WSAD, haven't you? Fit your fingers? No, not on my one. Uh, have you not? I thought you did. No, no not this one. What was the one I was looking at then? Because that was pretty cool. It had that in different colours lit up and yeah, different that's, sections. That's the Corsair one. That's for the build that we did. The customer had that keyboard. Oh, uh, that must have been where I saw it then. Yeah. I, I had one similar to that. Mrs. went out and bought me one for my birthday. And the WASD keys were, were like a metal. And the rest yeah. of them were more of a painted, like brushed feel. Yeah, did but, it help uh, you out? I, I couldn't get on with it. I really could not get on with it. I ended up selling it. Really? Yeah, it was just too big because it had all these side bits and a palm rest and it had extra F keys down the side and it was just too big and too bulky. And it's like you just described in my keyboard. <laughs> See, I'd like to just have the WSAD in a different colour because even though my keyboard was RGB, all the keys are just backlit white. I thought yours was. That must have been the other one then that we were yeah. just talking about because I remember saying to you, I really like the effect of having all the lights on different keys but then the WSAD and like the control key and con- the keys you actually press when you're gaming are lit yeah. up in a totally opposite colour. And yeah. I remember saying to you, I really like that keyboard. Shame I'm left-handed and I don't use WSAD. And then yeah. you replied, yeah, but look, the up, down, left and right key is exactly the same colour as the WSAD key. So it does whichever way round you are. Yeah. I thought that was a really nice touch like for lefties. Yeah, but I think that was a Corsair keyboard. Yeah, I think if I went for one now, I think I would go for one that I can individually do every single key, whatever colour I want, because I'd probably do like funky patterns and write you things write on there and stuff. In lights across your keyboard. <laughs> yeah, just just weird stuff like that. I, I just put mine on a rainbow wave and that's it. Never have that. Before I cut hands off earlier on, very rude of me. <laughs> Before I'd done that, I was actually, when I was going to say, I just remembered what I was going to say, it was actually, we were talking about RGB, weren't we? What I wanted to talk about was, have any of you seen the Hue Box by NZXT? Yeah. Nope. You've not heard of it? If you nope. want RGB and you haven't got an RGB motherboard, this box is amazing. It's about £50 over here. They do a white version and a black version. And it's just a little box that plugs in with USB and the build quality, I've got to say, because we put this into our Roman build we just did. Because it's got RGB and it's got this in it. Now I've got to say, these the quality of these lights are not like your normal LEDs, were they, Jance? They were no. top quality. Yeah. The cables, everything. And basically, you plug it into a USB header. You mount the box anywhere you want in in the case. And if you it, obviously you've got a metal case anyway, so it's even good better. But the, all the LEDs, it comes in strips, and you've got four strips. That's like 40 lights. Every single light is programmable to whatever colour you want, whatever pattern you want. You can spend hours just making these colors go through how you want but the, the actual build quality of it's so good each light individually plugs into the next light so you can keep adding more and it's got two headers i think it's going to run four different sets of lights can't it from each header yeah so four either four led strips or four fans and then you daisy chain them off each other 
Yeah, and but they're magnetic, so you don't even have to stick them in. You can just move them around magnetically. But the colours that come out of them are so bright, it makes your whole components, everything in that in that machine, change colour. There will be a picture of the build on my Instagram soon. It's not out yet, but it'll be coming in the next couple of days. And you'll see the colours are immense, man. They go from and you can program it whatever you want. And the transition through the lights is so smooth. It's like if you'd done like I don't know blue and pink, say, and you'd done it going round, it would be smoothly transitioning round the case. It's just like the quality is so good. I'm going to get one of these and put it into my case later on this month, definitely, because it's just so good. Yeah, and it's well, well, value for money as well, isn't it? Yeah. Because a... I was well surprised at the price of it, considering the quality of it when we got it out of the box. Yeah, because normally LED lights have come really cheap and they've got flimsy little wires and it looks like it's going to burn out in a week, doesn't it? Just, yeah. You don't like putting them in, you just think, oh, I don't like it. But this, it had a proper power cable, it had proper cables going to the bits and pieces, really really nicely built but also it's got a program with it and this program it's called cam isn't it yeah you load this program up and that tells you all the stats of your computer it also does a bit of overclocking for you if you want to but the best thing is the different programs on the lights it's not even like the rgb motherboards like they've got a csgo setting and what happens is when you're playing csgo if you've got this setting switched on as your health goes down in csgo the computer and all the lights start going different colours. Like, they'll go red, like, you're, you're going to die. And so if you had that, and you had... Because I thought another good thing, Chance, is if you had one of the cables coming out of your computer and it's on a desk, say, yeah. you know, you can just plug it in from the back and have it backlit up above your monitors because it's that bright. It would backlit the whole of your monitors. Yeah. And if you was playing CSGO, as you was getting shot, it would be going red behind your monitors and look yeah. well good. And the cables are well long enough to extend it out of your PC as well. Yeah. So I think that's that's what might be might be up my sleeve next to do that and then have a second set of cables which I put on my table, my desk, and when my computer's here I plug it in and when it's not I just take leave them on the desk, you know? Yeah. I'm surprised you haven't done that as well. I haven't got any lights at the moment. At the moment. You will yeah. soon. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's going light mad. But it's quite funny, since yeah. we put that Hue box in, it was pretty new when we got it. I hadn't seen it before, and not many people have heard of it. And then all of a sudden, now they're obviously that build quality is so good that they're everywhere. Yeah. But like everybody's buying them all. If you look on Instagram through people's pictures, they're just these multicolored PCs everywhere. But I think because NZXT have brought out the Kraken recently, and everyone's getting on that. Yeah. And then they've got their AER lights, which are um, fans, which are their top end fans, but they've got an RGB ring around the fan. Yeah. And all of that can be controlled by the Hue box and the cam software, and you can link it to your Kraken. So I think that's why people have like seen the yeah. cooler, and then that's linked them onto like the fans, and then the Hue box. Yeah, and... it's just like an RGB whole thing, whole yeah. the whole shebang, but without an RGB motherboard. You know. Yeah. There is a lot of people putting them out at the moment because like it's getting massive with the colours. Everyone loves colours. To be honest though, with the fans, we had. Um, some normal LED fans, which I think were blue in one of our builds. And I've got to say, when them lights hit it, the blue was gone. And whatever colour the light was shining on it, it looked like the fan was changing colour anyway. Yeah. They were that powerful. So check it out. It's called a Hue Plus. And it's made by um, NZXT. Yep. But yeah, they're cool. Did you say right. it plugs into a USB port? Yeah, USB header. So basically, wow. your motherboard still becomes RGB. I like uh, the idea of putting it on the monitors. I think that would work really well for my setup in a little cupboard. Yeah. Do you know what? We had this case fully closed, so it's closing a couple of little holes, and I mean in in quite a bright room, not really that dark, with all the lights on, 
you still get in on the ceiling, which is about 10 foot up, the little hole in the case, light coming through it and hitting the ceiling. They're that powerful. Wow. Yeah, it was the, the fan grill, wasn't it, that it was yeah. shining through? Sorry, I was thinking of putting some lighting on the shelving above my computer, but that might be an even better idea, putting it on the back of the monitors and then it bounced back off my monitors and light up the walls. Put yeah, it would be good for you because, like, yeah. yeah, where you're in a cupboard, it will light up all where around you. Where you're in you. a cupboard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's fine. I'll shut the door. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to carry on? Hey, that me. was it. Oh, but you just sounded like you were going to carry on talking. You went, That's fine, you're in a cupboard. We thought you could go, but... No, no, it's fine. I'm in a cupboard, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take some lights in it. Uh, at, least, at least you own your house. I don't even own a cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even own a house. <laughs> He's on the bench recording. <laughs> but yeah, that's the Hube Plus box. And uh, yeah, just check it out. It's really, really good. And it's really bright. Like we are just saying for Tom... You know, if you had that with green lights around your computer, it'd really bring out the green and the black all over your computer. It'd be mad. So check it out. I want to see pictures, Tom, of your Hue box next week. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're blatantly going to get one after the, we've recorded this. <laughs> I think I'm going to have a look. Yeah, they are really, really good. But right, moving on, because this news section's massive. Um, on to Jansen. What's your news, dude? No news. No, joking. The news for You know, me... really, you forgot, didn't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Because <laughs> normally every every month it comes to me and it's like no no news. But yeah, I I finally got some news. So my news is native controller support for PS4 controllers in Steam. Right. <laughs> Fair play. No, that's so, a joke. Basically, you can use your Xbox controller in games anyway, and like that's just been the norm. And a lot of people are starting to use PS4 controllers. And using the DS4 for Windows software to trick the PC into thinking that you're actually using an Xbox controller. But what they've done now in Steam is Steam is working as the DS4 software. So if you have a game that you're playing through Steam, Steam will actually run your controller as an Xbox controller. And cool. it, it, it works really well. Like I, I was playing ballistic overkill and that's that's a game that i've been finding really hard with keyboard and mouse and as soon as i set up the uh, controller support in steam it works straight away picked up the controller and then when i went into ballistic overkill and i went to the control uh, the keyboard settings and actually then bind your keys to your controller so does it run nice and smooth and that or is it a bit because i know you don't get no auto aim or anything like that it's just the basic up down left and right buttons isn't it yeah yeah, so you you don't have any kind of like um, like auto aim or anything like that, but yeah, it works smoothly. And to be honest, I don't use an auto aim or an assist or anything like that usually yeah. anyway. So it was as good as me just playing it if I was playing any other game. Yeah, but what I will say before we carry on, I have to put in there, otherwise I get a million people texting in. Jansen does understand that keyboard and mouse in these games, especially competitive games is much faster but for you you just find that if you play on mouse and keyboard you're at the bottom of the score table and if you play on controller even though it's not as fast you find yourself higher up the table but i just yeah. want to get that in there because there's a lot of confusion with people when you say that they automatically think oh he uses a controller on a competitive game of you know yeah because it's a personal preference thing it's like for me i personally score higher with a controller so for me 
I'm going to go with a controller because I get a better score. But that doesn't mean that it's faster than a keyboard. Yeah, that it's faster. Like I would always say that, yeah, a keyboard and mouse is better designed for those kind of games. But yeah. for me personally, a controller works better. Yeah, don't and... worry. For me personally, you want a controller works better because I get to kill you quicker. but at the end of the day you've got so many people coming from consoles to gaming pcs yeah that they are going to want a controller support because if they've been playing their playstation or their xbox and they've been playing that for the last five years on a controller when they sit down at a keyboard and mouse they're going to find it hard as well so it's that smooth transition from one to the other and it might be that they play someone controller someone keyboard and they yeah. might move across, but at the end of the day, it's good to have both. So you've got the choice. Yeah, well, I really liked that thing you put on our WhatsApp, on our WhatsApp group for Extreme PC UK, which all the boys are on, like all the people in the crew. You put a picture of this new thing, which is like a thumbstick in one hand and then a mouse in the other hand. And I thought that was a really good idea because for somebody like me who doesn't use WSAD and sometimes, like say I went to a show and I wanted to play a game, I'd be my arms would be crossed when I'm playing the computer. Now, that was really cool. It was like, I can use my mouse to do the aiming, so I've got the speed of the, of the actual aim that I need to shoot somebody. But then, in the other hand, you've got one thumbstick, a bit like an old Wii. You know the old Wii's hand? Yeah, like a nunchuck. Yeah, and it's like that. So I can do up, down, left, and right. I've got like three or four buttons in my hand underneath the, the actual joystick. So with this hand, I can just move around and press buttons if I need to, like grenade or whatever. But I can still aim with my, my controller. And I thought, that was a wicked idea. Yeah, but that thing was imported from Japan and it was something like £900. Was it really? Yeah, it was a crazy price. That's stupid. Yeah. That would be someone, whoever brings that out, they'd be on a winner because that would just bridge the gap between controllers and keyboard. And then anyone that did argue about like who's best, what's best, what would they say about that? Because it's in the middle. Yeah. So I thought that was a really good idea. But the other thing I was going to say, yeah. yeah. The other thing I was going to say is you said earlier on that steam makes your playstation 4 controller work yeah now from the knowledge that i give out to people is just install a normal xbox 360 or xbox one controller program and the playstation 4 normally works no because it's all different now really yeah did it work that's what you used to do but the way that things are now it's different so the xbox 360 uh software like doesn't work with the PS4 controllers as well as if you got the DS4 software because then that's specifically designed for a PlayStation 4 controller and it works a lot better. Because I always use an Xbox controller anyway because I've always been Xbox. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like if you've got an Xbox controller, it it works out the box because the the software companies that are making a game on Windows... Well, it's Microsoft as well, isn't it? Yeah, they they make the games compatible with the software that the controller uses. And a Xbox controller and a PlayStation controller, they use slightly different software to work. Yeah. So that's why when, you say I play something like Battlefield, it might be a case of EA put both support in. So as soon as I plug in my PS4 controller, it picks it up as a PS4 controller and you've got full control. Or yeah. sometimes you plug it in and it, it doesn't work at all, or you've only got slight functionality. But that's more annoying. I hate. I used to hate that if you plug use something and it partly works. And... Yeah, because it 
it makes you feel like, well, I may as well not use it at all because it's a case of like the the sticks aren't analog, so it's either all the way left or all the way right. There's no in between. Yeah. Or you're pressing like some of the buttons don't work, and you think, well, that's my reload button, and I can't press it. But that's yeah. why with this uh, Steam update, it takes all that away because it it almost kind of guarantees that any game that you're playing within Steam, Steam will make it compatible. Yeah. Because it, it basically tricks the game into thinking you're using a keyboard and mouse. Yeah, so it, just, it basically just bridges the gap between the keys and the game. Yeah. But, yeah, it's quite funny because we actually spoke to a couple of devs at the um, show and they had a, we asked them a question about, because I wouldn't normally ask about if a controller works with a game, but you just was curious because of the, the conversations we'd had going on at the time. Yeah. And Jansen asked the guys and said, is it going to have controller support? And they was like, no, nah, it's competitive first person shooter it's not going to have no controller support it's going to be all on mouse and keyboard and we actually told them about this steam doing this and they were like really yeah they you know, didn't and, even know about it yeah. and they didn't even know about it but to them it was a good thing because then they can without no programming or nothing they could just turn around to people to ask for the the, the small amount of people that want have a controller in that game you know that they can go yeah sorry i said that was a dig at you jensen <laughs> <laughs> i'm just totally honest personally Open world games, if I can use a controller, I would. I haven't got a problem with it. First person shooters, I find I would use a controller if I could keep up with everybody else. But I, I do find using a controller in a first person shooter, I get killed straight away over and over again. I'm just not fast enough. But with the mouse and keyboard, I sort of can keep up, you know. How it's long that whole thing. touchscreen for all the people coming from iPads and shit? <laughs> yeah. Push the screen to kill them. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. so if anyone's out there and you do struggle with having um, no controller on your games, I think the way it works, Jance, is you just go into Steam, un unplug the controller, plug it in, and then it works, doesn't it? Yeah, there's a, there's a setting in Steam that you go to, and it will give you the option to turn controller support on and off. And what you do, you turn it on, and then you up, unplug your controller, plug it back in. It should pick it up. And then when you start your game... When you're in-game, if it doesn't pick up the controller straight away, you do the same thing again. You unplug it, plug it back in, and then the game should pick it up. Cool. And then so after that, it works for the rest of the game that you're playing. Cool. So there you go, people. Steam controller support for everyone. So, right. Should we move on to some games? Yep. Go for it. Right. I've been playing not a lot this month because I've been so busy with work, but I did manage. I got a thing pop up on my screen said, oh, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands open beta, have a go. And you know what it's like? You see an open beta and you think, right, I'm not paying for it, so I might as well have a go, innit? Yeah. Anyway, so we downloaded it, me, Matt, and Jansen. And I've got to say, this game's around 35 quid when it comes out. It's coming out on the 7th of March. And honestly, I think I'm going to buy it. I don't often buy games that are 35 quid. But this game, I really like. But I, I've got to say... I do think it's specific to certain kinds of people that like certain kinds of games. Uh, I don't think it's going to be everybody's cup of tea, but for me, I pretty much loved it. It's basically like Grand Theft Auto, but in the woods. That's how I describe <laughs> yeah. it. It is like that. It's like, I'd say it's crossed between Far Cry 3 and Grand Theft Auto. Now, if you've played Far Cry 3 and you love doing the hunting and you love sneaking up on towns, picking all your guns, up, upgrading your guns and all that sort of stuff, but then you like to go and... Because I love... Going, I could just go in a whole world map and I could snipe from one area, take all the people out in that town, raise the flag like you do in Far Cry 3, go to the next one and just get all the areas. I love it. 
It's a bit like Grand Theft Auto when you take the guns. I don't know what Grand Theft Auto it was. It was one of the older ones. You know, you used to get like the purple colours and yeah. you'd go and take over that area and you just love going around taking over the areas. Yeah. Now, it's a bit like that. It's, it is repetitive, which I know you sort of thought, I don't know whether I'm going to buy it if it's going to be too boring after a little while for me, wouldn't it, Jantz? Yeah, because that's why I said to you, I don't know straight away if I want to spend the money on it. I need to play it a bit more to see how this expands because to start off with, like, they've obviously got to make it easy in the beginning. They've got to have a tutorial, show you what to do. But it, it was a bit like go to A, go to B, go to C, and then you're going by helicopter or you're going by car. But then along the way, there's a couple of people to shoot. And then it's pick up the intel, pick up the ammo. And then it yeah. was a bit off. After a while, it was a bit like, is this going anywhere? Or am I just doing the same thing? And every time I get to a new place, there's more enemies to kill. There's more helicopters. There's a bigger tank. Yeah. So, but for me, that's what I like. I liked the fact now that the main thing, normally you play a one player game like this and it does get boring pretty fast. But the good thing about this, it's four player co-op. So it's drop in, drop out of games. So basically I play my game on my own Saturday morning. I'm playing away. You know, I'm ticking off the missions as I go. And then Jansen comes online. And he's like, he can just join my game. But when he joins my game, his missions, the ones he hasn't unlocked, I can just go and do them with him. Do them again, get more points and stuff like that. And it's a bit like the sense of Borderlands, the way you drop in, drop out. You sort yeah. of upgrade your game constantly, whether you're in someone else's game or your game. But I just love the fact that there's all different guns. There's loads of guns. You can upgrade all the different parts of the guns. Like you have certain missions, like over the map, you'll have a little picture of a gun everywhere. And you can go there, find that, and it will give you an upgrade for a gun. And But also there's rare guns. Like I killed one guy and I got a pink gun. And I was like, it looks really cool, you know? It's, it's got all pink and black writing over it. But for me, I found... I said, been saying to Jansen for ages, we need a game we can all get stuck into, we can play together, and we can just have fun for again, you know? Rather than, like, Armour 3 has been done. We've been doing it for so long, you know? This is just something fresh. We've been playing Grand Theft Auto for the last month, and it does get same old, same old, you know? Yeah. But with this, I found, even though... It was repetitive. It like if you go to the cartel screen, you've got like one big boss's head in the middle, and then coming off him, you've got like like a spider chart, and you've got like four strings coming off of him, and then there's four head bosses, and you've got ten strings coming off of them, and it's like you have to go around, do the missions, get the intel to find where the characters are, and when you find the characters, you go and you take them out, or you do whatever you've got to do there. They've got side missions, a bit like GTA, all different missions, like one where you have to get a car and deliver it here. But the graphics on it were amazing. You've got to admit that. And you're playing it in 4K as well. Yeah, like, the graphics were good. It's like, I found, with the open beta, they let you have two areas of the map. Now, these two areas of the map were probably the equivalent of one of the maps on, like, the smaller maps on Armour 3. You know, it was big enough to get lost in and walk around on. It was all unique. It was in the mountains and it was jungle. Then when you went over to the next bit that you unlocked, it was all snow. You know, and ice and mountains and caves. And so I found it was just taking me back. Like, it's a bit nostalgic, really. Like, to the old, the old-fashioned games. Remember when you had a game on, like, I don't know, on your, on your uh, what was my computer I had? On my Amstrad PC, yeah? And it was like, you would play the first level, but when you got to the end of that level, you'd be like, oh, I wonder what's in the next section. It'd be like a new, like, biome, yeah. effectively. And you'd be like, oh, a new level. It looks totally different. And you'd get really excited about that little, that little difference. 
And then yeah. the next level would come and you'd be like, oh, another one. And I found this game sort of like that. Now, Grand Theft Auto, you've got a map, you've got a city, and you've got outskirts of the city, and then you've got, like, rural area, yeah? Yeah. Far Cry 3, you're in the mountains, you've got little villages, same setting. This, I found, was good because... And I didn't notice at the beginning because you can dress up your whole army character in all of his gear. You can choose all these different clothes. You can change all the skins on the guns to like snow or jungle or whatever you want. And I was like, why have they got snow ones in there? Because I didn't realise at that point there was a snow biome. But from what keeps me playing this game is it is the, the, the toughness going to ramp up and it's going to get harder. So even though it was a bit repetitive and me and you found it like, oh, yeah, we're just doing these missions one after the other. I actually really enjoyed doing the missions. It doesn't yeah. matter how many times we have to go into a fort. We have to sneak up, send a drone up in the air, look for all the characters, all the bad guys. And then we'll all get into positions and we'll be like, because you can mark your characters with like a one, two and three. So if number one's me, that means I'm going to aim at him. Two's Jansen. So we'll be like, everybody's got their aim on the, on the and three guys at the front. Yep, right. After three, we shoot. Three, two, one, bang. All three of them drop down. Next ones. And I just found that I was enjoying myself playing it. So I wasn't bored about the repetitive. We was having a chat and a laugh, you know. Every now and then I'd drop our helicopter into the middle of a war zone and we'd just be like shooting and everybody'd be going mad. But I found, for me personally, it brought back some fun because it's sort of, after a long time of playing different games, all the same, it gets same, same, doesn't it? Yeah. But I found we actually had a good laugh playing it. We was, in, we was doing something and having a laugh at the same time, if you know what I mean. Yeah. What did you What did you like about it? Well, the thing is, like, you you were always trying to get me to play Armour 3, and this is basically what I thought Armour 3 would be, but I hated Armour 3, and I actually do like this. Like, I, I think it's a bit repetitive at the beginning because I'm playing, like, quite early stages of the game. I didn't get as far as you and Matt did. So yeah, I you've got to remember, me and Matt, we, we played it all day Saturday, yeah. and we pretty much wiped out every collectible every medal, every gun skin and, and upgrade. We'd done all of that on that map for the whole of Saturday. So by the time you came on Saturday night, we was on the next section of the map, the yeah. heart of it. And you was a bit like, oh, you know, I'm jumping in a bit late. But if you was yeah. there at the beginning with us, you, you would have had the same excitement of us but going I, forward. I did like the fact of the co-op that um, the three of us going on a mission together and we were kind of being tactical as well. Like, you go yeah. here, you go there, you be a sniper, I'll go around the back. And then even with the vehicles as well, it's I like um, the fact that you can jump in a vehicle and someone can jump on the gun. So you're yeah. driving around and you've got a minigun on the back of a Jeep and things like that. Like, um, th those kind of elements like I do like because it makes the game so much more interactive when yeah. you've got those little things. And I think that's what makes GTA. It's all the little touches. Like you've you've got a well good storyline and you've got a whole city to explore, but it's the little touches that they put yeah. around. The details. Yeah. And I think with this, like like they've kind of got that spot on that. Yeah. Well I think it's the openness as well. It's like we jumped into game. I'm already playing with Matt. Jansen just pops up on TeamSpeak. I'm like, Do you want to jump in the game with us? You're like, oh a bit behind, I don't know what's going on. We was like, no, no, just jump in and we'll play your game. So yeah. instead of me and Matt carrying on with what we was doing, we didn't have to get out of the game or stop the game. Jansen jumped on and we just he just met us on, like, online. He popped up on our map in front of us. We're like, what missions have you got on your map, Jans? He's like, oh, I've got this one, this one, this one. All right, choose one. He chose it. Then it says to me and Matt, you've already finished this mission. Do you want to go along with it to help your friend out, basically? And then so we just done, we stopped doing what, as far as we got. 
and we went and completed all Jansen's missions with you, and then that brought you into the game. Yeah. But we also had a helicopter, which me and Matt had stolen from the second area, which had two miniguns either side and rockets on the front. So I'm flying, I've got rockets, and then one of these two, both of them are on each side of the helicopter with a minigun. So it's like we're yeah. flying, and we helped Jansen out because he was behind. And it's, I thought that element of it was so open... Because you can just you can choose whatever you want. Oh, I'll cut you off to a mission right now. We've been killed in that mission four times. Right, let's go and do a side mission. You know, let's go and find some gun parts. Yeah, and it was quite nice that like I never felt like I was behind because like you guys yeah were, like replaying what you had played, but you didn't mind doing it because you're still like getting the experience of like doing it again, but in a different way. Because the next time we did the mission, we'd probably come from a different angle at it will yeah. probably come in a different vehicle and then you've got me as well doing something else yeah i've got to say i really really like the game and i liked it as well because the game i could just pick up and do a couple of missions i could pick up and be like i can't bother to do missions today but i'll just go and find some new weapons you know I'll just because the weapons you just have to find them and all over the map you find skill points so i could just spend a couple of hours going around doing all the little skill point collections because you also got like two different factions. So you've got like the cartel and then I can't remember the name of the other one, but they're like the police. Um, they don't like you either. And they're a lot stronger. So you've got red marks all over the map and you've got purple marks all over the map. And if you see these at any time, they do come after you. If you shoot them and they see you for long enough, they'll do a warning and then people will come in. And it does get pretty heated, doesn't it? You get people yeah. coming in from all directions and you do feel like you're on a battlefield and there's people coming from all directions to get you. And I, I found it really, really good. And also, I've got to say, when we went from the first section, you won't know so much about this, Jansen, but when we went from the first section to the second section, the heat ramped up. You know, instead of just getting people coming in a car and chasing you, you're getting helicopters turning up at the site where you're trying to shoot. And they'll, they'll fire rockets at you. They'll take you out and you've got mortars and stuff like that. So I can only think, like, from what I played, it's a game where I went away and I thought about it. You know, when you're, like, doing, you're doing work or something and it's in the back of your head... And you're thinking about having fun on that game. And you're thinking, I'll oh, wait till I get home tonight. I want to play that game again. And for me, what's keeping it alive is not knowing them other parts on the map. There was about 12, 13 different parts on the map we hadn't seen. Yeah. You know, and they could be like, they could be like beaches. They could be whatever. I don't know because I haven't seen it. But in my head, that's what I was getting at earlier. It's, it's there and it's getting me thinking about what could be there and I want to see it. But I you think know? I would only play this game as a multiplayer. I don't think, I would enjoy playing it on my own because like the story mode, like the, the story isn't engrossing enough for me. Yeah, it's not really a story. It's more of an open world. Yeah. Have so fun. It's, there's, there's a guideline to the, the missions that you're doing, but you don't even care what the story is. You kind of want to just skip the little video yeah. to get onto the next bit to do the next mission. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I probably would like want to play it again, like if all of us were getting on, yeah. because it is. I think it's definitely more um, like a group multiplayer game. Yeah, for me, it's just I love games, and a lot of people don't like this, but I love games where it's just relaxing. I could just play it. I don't have to think too much. And this is what this was. I can just see a town. Right, I'm going to take over that town. I'm going to go and get my upgrade of my weapon. I'll creep up on the town or I'll fly a helicopter and land at the side. And then I scout it out with my drone and the drone goes up and it spots all the people. And then I just sit in the woods and I'm like from miles away sniping people. What's so satisfying about snipering people? Yeah. And the physics of the sniper rifle as well, it, I thought was like really good because you get your tracer bullet, 
and so you can actually see the bullet flying through the air and dropping as yeah. it gets further yeah and it does. You, you see it hit the ground and then you realize like yeah you've got to use those notches on your sight because that guy is that far away that it's not a case of like you just shoot and then you just hear you like you just see like a, a a hit on the wall or something and then yeah, you and it pings adjust. off doesn't it you yeah. get a lot of um uh what's the word for it when it bounces off ricochet yeah you've got loads of ricochets i noticed that especially with the night vision on you see them pinging off the floor and going off in different directions which yeah. i thought was a nice little touch but, but i did like the realism of this game because even like with the ai i thought was quite good because uh, i noticed a couple of guys they weren't repeating like what they were doing so they'd hide behind yeah. a rock and they'd come out and shoot and then go back straight away. But then they wouldn't come back out in the same spot. They might come out off the other side of the rock and start shooting. Yeah, and they also walk in. If you stay in a building and you think, oh, I'm just going to hide in this corner and wait for them to come in, they do come in, but their patterns are not how you'd expect. They might run, there might be two of them. One will run across the other side of the room and one will put his gun in. Yeah. You know, it's, not, it's not like, oh, I'll just sit back in this corner and as they come in, I'll just pile them all down. Yeah, because a lot of the time you can kind of predict the pattern that yeah. like, the AI is going to do and as much as they try to randomize it you know that guy's going to stay on that side of the box and he's going to every five seconds he's going to pop out and try and shoot so you can yeah. sit there with your sniper rifle right on that corner wait five seconds it comes out you shoot him but yeah but I found you can't do that anyway because if you wait by the time you've waited for him to because it's all it's not timed but you feel like there's amount of time before more people arrive and I found every time there was someone hiding behind a rock and I was waiting for their head to look up, I didn't get enough time to that before someone had crept up behind me from yeah. somewhere else and started shooting me like, ah, there's one right there. How yeah. many times did you find there was one right there just jumped out on you? Yeah, I had that where I was hiding behind a rock and the guy flanked me. He came all the way around. <laughs> yeah. He came to the other side of the rock. And as I popped my head out to shoot someone in the distance, he was standing right there, shot me in the head. <laughs> and I shouted. down. Shouted yeah. down the team speaker. So. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's really, really good game. I really like it. And it's something, even if we kept just to play multiplayer on, it's something that I think the heat will ramp up. And I think when we get to the, we played it quite early on. When we get to the few few maps in, like a few bit further in, I think it will get to the point where we need four of us and we do have to play properly and it does get more serious and it will be more of, because at the moment, I think it's just the reason why you're feeling repetitive is because it's so easy. I will go in there, shoot them, get the goods done. Next yeah. one, go there, get the goods done. But I think when it starts getting hard and it starts getting to the point where we have to play as a team and we have to work out what we're doing, we have to make strategy. Yeah. I think that's when it will be like, right, should we try this mission again? You know, that, that's what I was thinking. That's why I'm, I'm trying not to be too quick to judge because yeah. obviously a game like this, it's huge. So they're not going to chuck you into like danger zone straight away. They're going to kind of ease you in. So you get an idea of like how it works, getting yeah. used to using the drone and things like that, like getting your tactics, working as a team. And yeah. then you start going into the harder levels. And like so far what I've seen, it's like, I, I am impressed with it. Like Don't get me wrong. Cause it looks great. It plays great. And I like the realism of it, but it was just the missions we were doing. I felt like it wasn't really going anywhere. But like you said, as we get to the next level, it probably will like all kind of open up. Yeah. But one thing I will say is what game have you played, which multiplayer like that, 
which gave you the same sort of feeling, like where you're all playing as a team and having a laugh together. I can't remember playing any games like that. Well, I think the only one like that is uh, GTA. But then, yeah. like, yeah, that's been played to death now. Yeah. With GTA, you don't, like you were saying before, you've been there, done that, got the T-shirt, and it's like, it's been done so much, it's just got a bit boring for you. Yeah, so now, now it's moving on to something else and finds in something else out there that has the similar type of like gameplay. But then again, there is a difference. GTA is massively online. Everybody's online. This is just four of you. So you yeah. it's like playing a single player campaign, but with four of you. Yeah. And I found that was better because it's personalized. You know who you're playing. You can open it up so other players can come on like randoms. Mm. But I really enjoyed the fact that us four could just play it together. And we can go off and do different missions at different times if we wanted. But do you know you what know? feeling it gave me? It's like back in the day when you're playing like your PlayStation 2 or like your Xbox 360. Couch co-op. Yeah, and you're you're playing split screen. Yeah. Four player split screen co-op. And you're you're working through the story mode, but you're all playing together. Yeah. And it was so rare to get a game where it had that. And even when you did play split screen, you was always like, I wish I had my own monitor. I could plug four yeah, monitors in. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. You're always looking like to have like four TVs and four players. Especially when you was playing 007 and you could see where the other guy was on the screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paintball. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. like it, it's having that feeling back again where you know it's you and your mates and you're doing missions just you guys and there's no one else interfering. Yeah. Oh, one other thing I was going to say about it is if you've, because um, it plays through Uplay, doesn't it? Um, and you get points. If you've got Uplay points, you can actually unlock like new clothes, new guns and stuff from Uplay. So check that out as well. Because I had like 200 points on there. So I just unlocked all the different skins and clothes for this game. So it's worth checking that out. But yeah, that's uh, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands. And the open beat is finished now. I did want to play it after the podcast because I was really into it. But... It's not out until the 7th of March now, so we've got a little wait. But I will be there looking for it. Um, hopefully, I'll try and find a cheaper key. But I've seen them as cheap as £35 at the moment. So have a look around, see what you can get. And, uh, yeah, check it out. Let us know what you think about it. Right, Jansen, moving on. What have you been playing? Uh, well, what I've been playing this month is Battlefield 1. And if you were listening to the podcast last month, you'd know that I've I've had Battlefield 1 for a while, but I was playing it on my old PC that could just barely play it. Before you carry on, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Did you have to buy it again? No. Well, they let you have a key for the PC even though you got, when you got it on Thingy? Yeah, because it's like you're with Steam, isn't it? It's linked to your Steam account, and this so what, is linked to my EA account. So you basically bought it on your PlayStation 4? No, and... I bought it on PC. Oh, right. I thought you had it on PlayStation 4, you nutter. Yeah, I did in the beginning, but then oh, I returned it. Oh, as a demo. Oh, you returned it? Yeah, because <laughs> I, I had it on the PlayStation 4 thinking it was going to have split screen, and it didn't, so I returned it, and then I got the... Um, I just got a key. They emailed me a key, and then I just got it from the... What's EA's thing? Origin? Yeah. Downloaded it on Origin with the key that I got from game. Yeah, oh, that's fair enough. I didn't realise that. Because I know, to, got to be honest, you were playing it on console or whatever, so I wasn't really interested, but... Now you've got it on PC. I'm more interested. Yeah. But the thing is, I, n- I never played it on console. I got oh. the game on console, but then I never played it because as soon as I got it, I realised it wasn't split screen. 
Oh, that, right. Then I took it back. I thought you'd done the um, testing ages ago on your console. Oh, yeah, that was the open beta that they had, yeah. like, months before, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was talking about, sorry. Yeah, yeah, because that was just, like, the one-day open beta, so I played that for a day. Um, but, yeah, when the game was released, I, I actually got it on uh, the PS4, but then took it back. So, in your opinion, going from the PlayStation graphics to the PC and the smoothness and the frame rates, especially now you've got a brand-new PC... Was there a massive increase in what it would have been like on the PlayStation? Yeah, it, it, but it's different, though. It's you're like, also powering it 4K as well, so... Yeah, because when I'm playing it on a PlayStation, I'm playing it in a completely different environment. So I've got it, like, on a 60-inch TV. I'm sitting on my sofa. I'm sitting about, like, five metres away from it. I've That's not technically sound. true. I've been there, and you can't help but get up off the bloody sofa <laughs> and walk right up to the screen. I know. Madness. Yeah. I know, it gets to the point like sometimes you need to see up close so you've got to stand in front of the TV. We went over to Jansen's for uh, some dinner the other day for his birthday and we had a few of the old boys over and he said like, look, let's put some uh, FIFA on. We'll play some FIFA. And I was like, no, I can't really play that. I'm crap. So, and it's console anyway. So I was like, I'll watch you guys. Anyway, Jansen and our other mate, Nathan, gets up there and they start off about three metres away and within two minutes, they're getting so heated playing each other that they're like fighting over who's closest to the TV. <laughs> and they've got their, their heads about, and it's a 60-inch TV on the wall, yeah? And they've got their heads about two feet from it. <laughs> I was like, you don't need to tone it down and turn the TV off. But the thing is, it's like the football on it was so small. It's like, we were like, uh, it's zooming out more and more. We can <laughs> hardly even see the football. But yeah. yeah, anyway, um, like, yeah, it, it's a completely different experience. Like, the, the PlayStation version, yeah, um, it, it was just, like, a bit of fun. It's more, like, arcade. Um, but I only had the day, and it was just the open beta, so it was the one map. But, yeah, like, playing it on PC, I played it on my old PC, and that was running a Core 2 Duo, 3 gig. I only had 4 gig of RAM, and I had a... Uh, 670 a GTX 670 and it was really struggling to play it and as as I'm walking around it was fine as soon as like people started shooting or an explosion went off it just started like jerking and I, I couldn't really play it and it got yeah. to the point where there was so much going on the computer couldn't handle it and I, I couldn't play the game so I just thought you know what? I'm gonna quit now wait till I've got my new PC and then just start from the beginning and that's what I did. I, I deleted my, my game save. Started built, fresh. Yeah, built my new PC. And then that was the first game I played. And putting it on and running it on 4K Ultra, it was amazing. Once I got all my settings done, it was kind of like unbelievable how good the <laughs> graphics were. And yeah. I, I had a mate round as well when I was testing it out. And he's into his computers as well. And he looked at it and he's like, yeah, I, I haven't seen graphics like that before. Yeah, no, it was, it's pretty good, especially on the 4K. And uh, the new computer pretty much pumps out the 4K really well as well, doesn't it? Yeah, because I had like an overlay playing whilst I was in game. And it was saying that it was running at 60 frames. So it was doing quite well. Yeah. And it was really smooth. Like even like going into like, heavy battle and you've got like explosions going off everywhere so like yeah it's, it's running really well and like battlefield i'd say is probably my favorite game 
Yeah, see, I, I've, I've got to be honest, Battlefield 4, I got into it for a little while and I really enjoyed it. And I started getting, I don't know, more into it and playing it over and over again. But then I sort of stopped playing it and I can't go back to it. And I think Battlefield 1's the same. I think them games have just, for me, are done. You know, I've got to be honest, when it comes to open world games, like we are just talking about Ghost Recon and that, I think them sort of games are more my sort of games because I can sort of just enjoy them. But Battlefield is just intense. Like I yeah. played it in the beta, uh, the plane, is it still as hard to fly? No, they've actually sorted out the planes. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, that, that If was, you're a gunner. Yeah, that was crazy. Like with the planes, if you get in a plane, you'd fly for like 10 seconds and crash because the controls are so awkward. It wasn't but, so much flying of the plane, it was being a gunner and you just can't aim at nothing because the no. plane's just going willy-nilly everywhere. Yeah. But they, they've kind of sorted that out now. The planes are a lot easier to fly. Yeah, because that was one thing. But I've got to say, the gameplay, it did look pretty good. It was pretty, like we said, um, months and months and months ago when we was talking about it, when it first got like, talked about, we were saying about how it's much close, more close quarters, bayonets, and, you know, you. Yeah. It's, I've got to admit, though, when I got it, I just sat in a tank all the time. Is that annoying hey, when people do that? Not really, because, like, you have a lot of anti-tank. It, yeah. it is very like rock, paper, scissors, so everything counteracts everything else. So you can't pick one thing and then dominate. So you can't just sit in a tank for the whole time because someone could just come up an anti-tank and shoot you and you blow up. Yeah. Or they set like landmines in the road. Yeah, because like I, I played in the tank and I remember, because I never knew you could uh, fix up your tank. And I yeah. remember finding this out when I was playing. I was like, this is wicked. I'm going to just shoot people from my tank and then go and fix myself and then shoot more people. And I was doing really, really good. I was like at the top of the scoreboard. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like whilst you're fixing your tank, you can't drive or shoot. And if you want to fix it quicker, you have to get out of the tank and fix it from the outside. But then obviously, once you're out of your tank, you're vulnerable to people just shooting you. Yeah. Is there um, loads of um, weapons unlocks and stuff in this? Yeah, it's it's exactly how Battlefield 4 was, but it's rather than being modern warfare, you've got um it's based in World War 1. So yeah. um you've still got all the uh, weapon unlocks, you've got all the skills, you've got all the um accessories, uh, grenades and is there things any, like that. Is there any custom stuff that's unique like you make yourself or No. No, they, they, there's nothing like that because They've, they've made it realistic. So yeah. it's all the actual weapons that were used in, in that those time. times. Yeah. But I, I do think that they have like a uh, kind of like a legendary gun, but it would have been a real gun at that time, but it would have been like the most powerful gun at that time. And they've put it in the game and it's obviously harder to get, yeah. but it's still like a, a real gun that would have been used. Yeah. With... Um... You know how when you used to play uh, Call of Duty, you'd get up to level, I don't know what rank it was, I never got there. Was it rank 50 or rank 100? And yeah. then you'd get like, like when you do karate, you'd get your first Dan, second Dan or whatever. Do you get that in this? Like, or do you just get a XP? Yeah, no, I think it's just like XP. So it's like as you get your XP, you, you get to unlock things. And then once you've unlocked everything, then that's it. You're at the top of your game. All and right. you've, you've got all the weapons. And... There, there is the thing of like uh, pay to win because if you go to EA, Crates. you can pay the money to unlock everything straight away. Yeah, I don't like the idea of that. That just really annoys me. Yeah, I don't like that either. And I remember that, I, I think it might have been with Battlefield 4, that what they did, they let the game run for 
quite a while. And then did then it. Then they did it later on. So the people that were coming in late, they could pay the money to catch up with everyone else. Yeah, that's different. But yeah, that I don't mind because you'd think, well, like everyone else has unlocked everything already. So I may as well pay that money and then be at the same level. But when they do it from day one, it's like you're level one, you're yeah. he's level one, but you've got the base gun and he's got every gun. Yeah, and that's it, just it, well annoying. That's, see, that just pissed me off because it's just money making scheme, isn't it? Yeah. You know, let's grab it as much as we can. Out of the game because you're you're playing to get your XP to be able to open unlock the weapons. Yeah. It's not just about going online and shooting people and getting a score. Yeah, because for me, I'm all about the unlocks, all about the collections and stuff like that. And for me, if I was to play the game and somebody had everything and or, or I could buy everything, I'd just lose all interest in that game straight away. I wouldn't want to play it again. Yeah. But so far, where I've been playing it, I haven't noticed that it's it's extra hard because everyone's got all the weapons already. Yeah. Like, uh, it seems well balanced. Quite... Yeah, it seems quite normal to me. And I think they they balance out the games in the way that they put people off the same level. But then you do have that thing of someone level one could have unlocked everything. But then they don't have the experience of playing as long as someone who's been playing to level 20. So yeah. They might have all the weapons, but they, but they don't know how to use them. A better player. Yeah. Yeah. Still. That would just well annoy me that yeah. some someone's just paid to win. It's just like it's just pointless. But um, how much did you pay for this game in the end? Uh, it was fifty-five. Wow, man! Don't you think that's was too expensive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, it's. But you paid it. Yeah, it's one game that comes out say every year, and I'll pay that fifty pound every year because it's the one game that I love playing. Yeah. It yeah. Is, it's it's it, but what, it's it, what you're into, isn't it? Like yeah. for it's, me, it's Fallout Four. Yeah, because it's like you always have that one game that you'll always love and you'll always buy it. It doesn't matter if it costs more than everything else. You're going to buy it because you love it and you're you're going to get your money's worth out of it. So something like Ghost Recon, if it was 50, 60 pound, I'd probably say, no, I'm not paying that kind of money for it because I don't like it enough to like justify that kind of money. But where it's 35 pound, it's half the price. So yeah. I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll consider that because it is actually an enjoyable game. Yeah, but they put it up for that price in the first place because I know everyone's going to buy it. Hmm. You know, if they can double the price of a normal game, that's, that's double their profits, basically, isn't it, straight away? Yeah, and the uh, thing but... is, with Battlefield, you get a really good storyline as well. So straight away, I just went into the story mode and i just started playing like single player story mode just so i can get my bearings with the controls and like you got, you got addicted to it yeah and the story like it's it's not the best story i've ever had in a game but it's good enough like to keep you like watching each and entertained yeah yeah so it doesn't get to a cutscene, and you, you're like pressing the escape button because yeah. you, just you can always forward. tell a good game by that though yeah. You know, if you've got a game, like for me personally, if I've got a game which I'm waiting for the next cutscene and then I'm going to watch it to see what happens, yeah. that's very, very rare for me. I'll yeah. always try and skip it. Yeah. And I really get pissed off when they have games that don't let you skip intros or don't let you skip past cutscenes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like the same. Twenty ten then, minutes long. Yeah. And then, like, most of the time, I'm, I'm more interested in just playing the game than the yeah. actual story. But with Battlefield, 
like I have found like the story is good enough for me to actually sit there and watch the cutscenes. Yeah. It gives you the perspective of individual soldiers from different countries in different factions. And you might be like a gunner on a tank and then that ends and then you'll be a medic in the field and then that ends and then you'll yeah. be like on a zeppelin. So it's like and, a story of this guy. Yeah. And it, you've, you've got like 20 different stories that you're going through. So you're, you're not kind of focused on just one story like, oh, how's this going to end? Because you're, you're moving from one character to another and you're seeing the world war perspective yeah, from of everybody. multiple different angles. Yeah. yeah. So it gives you that vibe of Battlefield 1, what it was like. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it even yeah, gives cool. you like the person says, this is their name. This is when they were born. This is when they died. So it gives you that feeling of like you're playing that character, but that character was a real person in that war and you're experiencing what they experienced. Yeah, that's cool. Battlefield 1. Yeah. Personally, I don't think I'll buy it, but... Yeah, it's not for everyone. It's like, if you like your first-person shooters and you like like competitive and you like it fast-paced... With a controller. Yeah, but this probably (laughs) probably won't satisfy you because it's not fast-paced enough. And that's what I prefer. I don't mind, like, ballistic because that's very arcade and it's a lot of fun but yeah. i don't play call of duty anymore because it's just the pace of it is unrealistic, it's unrealistic yeah that's what i was about to say it's, call of duty now is just i don't know how to describe it it's just all out i shoot you you shoot me and there's no realistic to it all i spawn you I shoot just, me yeah you know? it's almost like there's no skill to it it's just you get shot in the back whilst trying <laughs> to shoot someone else in the back yeah <laughs> and then you get a new weapon yeah <laughs> But at least with Battlefield, you can be a bit more like yeah. tactical with it, and it is a bit more like open world, uh, in the sense that it's not a case of like you can go anywhere, but the maps are big enough that you're not constantly running into people, and you could feel like, well, I can go in this yeah. abandoned building and I can snipe for about five minutes before someone will pick up where I am. Yeah, because that's annoying, isn't it? You get every like. You just you're running into people on the other team. That's that's just unrealistic straight away because in any war you'd have a line down the middle and it'd be people on one side, people on the other side, and it'd be hard to get across to the other side. But in these games, you're just all running around willy nilly. That's people everywhere. You don't know where you're gonna find people. Yeah. And I, I find that a bit annoying in games. You know, I think that's yeah. why I tend to go more with the bigger world maps like Armor Free and stuff because it is like you just said, spend a long time planning, getting ready, and you know, and then that one kill, even though it's just one kill, it means something. But in this, you'd kill 10 people and you'd be like, yeah, whatever, bring the yeah. next one on. But that's why I always find that Battlefield is the happy medium for me because something like Armour is too open world where I'll walk for two hours before I meet someone. Yeah, it's not fast enough for you. Yeah, Call of Duty is just way too hectic and Battlefield just sits perfectly in the middle where... Yeah. Like, it's just the right balance of size and players. Yeah, that's cool. Battlefield 1, £55. (laughs) And it plays perfectly in 4K. Yeah, no, it does look good in 4K. I've seen it myself, and it does look pretty good. Right, that takes us... uh, Tom, what have you been playing? Been a busy month for me, so I haven't been uh, playing as much as I've been a workaholic this month, haven't you? But uh, I've jumped on a bit of Star Conflict. Is that just to get your daily thingies? 
Yeah. I don't know how you've been addicted to that game for so long. I know, it's just so, it just grabs you in because it's just so easy. You can jump on it for five minutes ago and have a couple of battles or you can sit on it for ages but it's like, if there's other people. It's got to be three or four months now you've been playing that game. Every time but, we see uh, you, you're on it. I, I played it for December. 10 minutes. Yeah, and same then I was me. like, nah, it's not for me. Yeah, same <laughs> as me. But he's, he's on it, he's doing daily things and he's in the open world now and he's like proper in there. Yeah. Loves it. How much yeah. money you spent on it now? I have roughed. Really? Yeah. Crazy fool! I know, tell me about it. Over 100 quid. I thought them sort of games are the ones that you just play and you think, I'm not going to put any money in this, I'm going to get there without they putting are. any money in. <laughs> and you couldn't help it, you got sucked in. I did, I got proper sucked in. The first two months I put, I think I averaged five hours a day. Wow! Those two months. <laughs> That's madness. Have you got a total time that you've been playing it? Yeah, like 400 hours. Oh my god. I don't Crazy. even know where I would get 400 hours from. <laughs> you know, like some people were like, do you know what? You spend four days of your life or year on the toilet or something. Yeah. It's like you spend half of your life on Star Conflict. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But as I say, I haven't played it much this month. I've only really maybe an hour a day max, probably. What about Ballistic Overkill? You've been on there? Yeah, I've jumped on Ballistic Overkill. Uh, been on, got my crates. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. Two hours play, get a crate. Yeah. Jump off, next one. Yeah, I'm waiting for the game to come out, like, because they said it was going to come out at Christmas, and it hasn't really heard any new news about. It. I know they've done an update where you got the voices in that in-game now, so your character you can make them say stuff, right? Yeah. And they can shout things out at people, and they shout things out when you're running around and stuff. But that's all I've really heard, because for me, I'm just waiting, because I've got uh, um, some legendaries now, and Jansen gave me another legendary, which I'm grateful for, which is the sniper rifle. Which my son calls a sniper riper. <laughs> Quite funny. Daddy, get the sniper riper. And the other one calls it um, a fifo or something. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm waiting to see what sort of happens with the prices of these guns. Because there's, now there's getting more and more and more of them. There's like 10 for sale each time. They're going down in price to like 6 quid from 12. Right, and... you wish you sold it sooner. Yeah, but the thing is, I want to see what happens when these guns stop being available. So, and the new ones come out. But it makes me laugh it's... because it's not even like you're getting them to sell them. You're always going on about the price, but you're getting them to keep. So <laughs> it doesn't matter what the price That's because I'm a hoarder and that's what we do. It's about having it and having that money there. But it's just to you, know. You said to me, how much do you want for that sniper rifle? It's going for 12 quid. And I was like, you can have it. <laughs> it's only a skin. Yeah. But that's the difference between me and you. You play the game for the game and I play the game to collect. Yeah. Would you that's... buy skins yourself? Either of you two? I wouldn't no. buy a skin. I wouldn't buy a skin to put on my gun just to look good and play the game. But I love the idea of winning something that's worth something. Yeah. So if I won the... a skin that was ten quid, I'm like, wow, I just won ten quid. And I'm not much of a gambler. Like, if you went to speak to some of my mates, they'd probably be like, yeah, I won a grand on the horses last week. Do you know what? I get just as excited about winning a ten pound skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Simple well, things in life. Yeah. Obviously, Counter Strike's a different story, but with Counter Strike, I've bought skins. But with a game like Star Conflict, I wouldn't buy anything that changes the aesthetics. I've only bought things that uh, like give me extra ships or extra weapons or extra slots or something yeah. like that. Counter-Strike, I was always interested in getting the skins and having that big win. But I'm just no good at Counter-Strike. Mm. Everybody seems to be too good at it and I just can't keep up with them. It's, 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 a, it's a hard one because you, you've got like... There's, I think there's quite a big difference in players. There's either really good players or just really average players. <laughs> he was like, say, really crap players. Yeah. <laughs> he thought about it. <laughs> There's no in between. Yeah. But yeah, nah, never mind. 
Right, let's move on. Community extras. Anyone got anything to say for the community extras? Anything going on with you boys? Uh, well, I was going to talk about my new build, uh, seeing as it's now finished. It's been going on for ages, but yeah, you finally got there. Yeah, so this started uh, before Christmas. The ups and, and downs of Jansen's build. Yeah, but because I was going so specific on the components that I wanted, and I came across a few problems, and then there was the financial aspect of it, it did What, spread. that you've like totally rinsed out you and your missus' bank account? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you did buy like three coolers and three cases and three boards. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so basically I, I have bought enough stuff to probably build two PCs because along the way like, I've bought stuff that hasn't worked out or didn't fit and I've had to was buy crap. But really I, I should probably send the old stuff back, but I don't. I just put it back in a box and put it in the corner. And then cuts it up and... Chops it up and makes something new out of it. Yeah. Flux capacitor. <laughs> yeah. He is like that a bit. <laughs> but the thing is, now it's built. I'm so happy with it now. Because it does look nice. It I'll got give to you the that. point where so much was going wrong with it, I kind of felt like, oh, I just want to give up on it now. But it's it's worked out perfectly. I think it's probably worked out better now than my original idea of what I was going to do. Yeah, but you're not doing the special stuff anymore. You're just keeping it standard as a nice build now, aren't you? Uh, no, there will be some custom stuff in it, um, but then that's going to come later because I wanted to build it to a point where it's up and running and usable and then, and then you can take I it can... apart and destroy it. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, I'm going to start building the custom stuff outside of the case and then once that's done, I can then move it into the case so I can still use my PC whilst I work yeah. on the custom stuff. I was going to say to you... That's why he hasn't sent the other stuff back. I know so you don't like giving too much yeah, away too quick, but will you put a picture of what it is so far on Facebook in yeah. our group so yeah. people can actually see? Because he's got a, a case that I hadn't seen before and I didn't realise the price of this case was 270 quid. Yeah. It's all tempered glass. It's, it's just a cube, a glass cube. Well, but I'll, I've got I'll to say, you, it looks I'll, wicked. I'll give you the spec of what I've got in there so far. Uh, so anyone listening can get an idea of like what the build is. So the case is a Lian Li PC010 with the GPU kit, which holds the graphics card vertically in the case. I've got an Asus Sabertooth Z170S white motherboard. I've got an i7-6700K that's been overclocked to 4.64 gig. Which was uh, a pain. Yeah, it took quite a while, but... Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, I've got 32 gig of Corsair Dominator Platinum RAM, but it's the limited edition Chrome version uh, where there's only 500 sticks made, uh, and I've got four of them. I've got the Galax Hall of Fame limited edition 1070 8 gig graphics card. That thing's a beast. It's massive. Yeah, that wouldn't fit in the old case. The door wouldn't close but it fits perfectly in this case. Would it have fitted if, the, if it was normal standard direction, the way the, the graphics card was sitting? Yeah, because that's how I had it, because the, the kit wasn't available in this country when I bought the case. All right. When I put it all together, I had to have the graphics card flat uh, until I got the GPU kit. Yeah, uh, fair enough. So yeah, it fits in both directions. Then I've got a Samsung 950 Pro, 256 gig m.2 that i've got the operating system on 
uh, I've got a second uh, Samsung 850 Evo that's 120 gig uh, that's for my Steam Drive then the cooler is a NZXT Kraken X52 that's the double rad with the yeah that thing's massive that fr- I didn't realize until I saw it like you said I thought that that Kraken the water block on it has the like the glass it's like mirrored glass and it's got a little ring yeah. going around hasn't it yeah. which is all RGB I thought that was probably the size of maybe I don't know bit bigger than like a two pound coin double the size of two pound coin maybe but it's actually massive it's like the size of the palm of your hand yeah it's huge it's like when <laughs> i got it out of the box i was like oh i don't know if this is gonna fit but the thing is the the pipes are actually touching the ram it's it is pushing on that ram a little bit yeah like that's how much room it takes up and you can't even turn it around because it's got nzxt written on it yeah that's the thing it's like if i could have twisted it around 90 degrees the pipes would have come out at the bottom where there's loads of room and it would have been fine. But then the NZXT logo in the middle would have been like vertical. So it, yeah. it wouldn't have worked. PSU I've got as well is the Silverstone SFX 700 watt. This PSU, it's a new range that Silverstone are doing. And the SFX is the new form factor that they're doing. Is it and smaller? It's, yeah, it's, it's half the size of your regular PSU. Needs to be for everything else he's got in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. miniaturized. Yeah, so basically it's to go in these mini ITX cases and stuff like that. But in the past, where you've got these smaller PSUs, they would only be about 400 watts. Silverstone have just brought out this new range and they've got two versions. They've got the 700 watt, which I've got, and it's a platinum certificate rating. And then they've got the one above it, which is a 750 watt, and that's a titanium rating what's the price difference in both of them the one i got i think was 140 and i think the other one was 170 that's a lot of money though for a psu yeah but it's the 700 it, watt one yeah but the thing is it's the highest efficiency rating that you can get yeah. on that size psu with that kind of power when i was reading about it they were saying that no one could even make a 700 watt psu that size to start off with let yeah. alone a platinum efficiency rating yeah so it's it's pretty like revolutionary and but for your sorry for your build where yeah. you've got this psu because i'm sure i remember your psu being hidden yeah it's hidden in the back so because... is it is it could you fit a normal size psu in there or did you need to go no. for a small one for that yeah, case you have to go for a small one with this case because basically the case has a hidden compartment behind the motherboard that you can't see and that's where all your cable management goes, all your yeah. hard drives and things like that. And then there's a section at the bottom where the PSU goes. Mm. But you wouldn't be able to fit a full-size one in there. Because yeah, I wondered that when I looked at it, because it does look pretty flat. Because it's such the a tidy it's build. designed to not have a full-size PSU in it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So How many people do you reckon have bought it and couldn't fit one in? Yeah, I know. But the thing is, Leanne Lee sell their own PSU that will fit in there. But... I didn't want to go for their one because yeah. it doesn't have the efficiency rating or anything like that. So like basically for a small form factor PSU, this is basically the second best one that you can buy. Yeah. And it does look pretty nice as well. If I remember, it's all shiny, isn't it? Yeah. But you can't see it. So it's, no. it's always a good little touch though, just yeah. in case you did ever use it again on like an open case or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's handy having a smaller one because it takes up less room in your case, even if you don't need it. Um, and you can get the plate adapter so that if you've got 
the um, the hole for a full size PSU, you've got the adapter that it will still fit in the same place. It's just yeah. taking up less room. And the efficiency rating on this is so high that they say that basically the internal fan will never really come on because yeah. you're not expelling any heat. All the power that's going into it is being used to power your PC. None of it is being converted into heat. So unless you're like running it like to its maximum, that fan really never comes on. And even yeah. though they say that um, the fan won't come on, they've still used a high-end hydro-bearing fan as well. Just for when it does in the life and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, like, so your build does look really, really nice. I've got to say, it's all like everything inside is white. All, all, all of the stuff for the motherboard, graphics card, it's all white. Everything fits together nicely. And then you've got this like lightly smoked glass case. It's all sitting in nicely. You've got your graphics cards going across. Your graphics card is, sorry, and instead of like flat. And that's all white and it looks all nice. Now, for me, the case, I, I reckon it looks proper smart. It does look really, really nice. The only thing that I was a bit shocked about was you bought all this equipment that cost fortunes and you paid premium to have all like the white motherboard and stuff like that. But when we came to overclocking it, I, I was a bit shocked and I think you was a bit disappointed, weren't you? Yeah, a little bit. Because we thought, you, what, which was the version of the motherboard? It was, it was the tough, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's the um, Sabertooth Z170S, but it comes with all the tough components. So you even get a certificate to say that all the components like uh, like resistors, the chokes, capacitors, things like that, they're all military grade and you get a certificate in the box to prove it as well. Yeah. So they've kind of built it to the highest standard, but they kind of restrict you on how much you can overclock. Yeah, and we thought this board would be really good for overclocking, and we've checked it online with all the different um, overclockers and stuff with how what sort of scores they're getting. And do you know what? You've got a sixty-seven hundred K, haven't you? Yeah. Now I thought they were going up to about five gigs just under. Now on yours, we we tried every different way of overclocking. We even we tried some overclocking programs. We've done it ourselves. Everything we tried, different ways around. And I mean, we tried a whole day basically, didn't we, to, to yeah. get this up there. And we couldn't get it over 4.6. Yeah. And we couldn't work out what it was, if it was the motherboard. But then when we went online and we looked at everybody else's specs, you we had it at pretty much one of the highest specs for that board and card, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, no one was really getting any higher. It was like a fraction above, yeah. but no one was really going over 4.6. And even mine at the moment is running at 4.64. So I've, I've still got it that tiny little bit over. Yeah. And the same with the RAM. The RAM out of the box is... Um, 3,200, isn't it? 3,200, yeah. And we've overclocked that to... I think it's about 3,300 at the moment. But the with that RAM, Corsair say that you can easily overclock it to 4,000. And a lot of people are running it at 4,000. But the, the motherboard won't allow it. Yeah. But you could, if you go in and have a look at the timings and all that sort of stuff, there might be some more stuff you can do with the RAM. We didn't actually go into the RAM in depth. We just done basic on that. Yeah. Um, with the overclock. So you, you can still go into the, the RAM and go further with that, I should think. Yeah. And I have read online that uh, people with this motherboard have overclocked their RAM to uh, 3.8. Yeah. So you should go and look at the timings look at the voltages and stuff like that. 
and uh, see see what you can do with that. Because I think that's something you can still go a bit further with. But we just ran out of time. We'd spent the whole day baffled about yeah. this yeah, motherboard. We, cause, yeah, we were doing it till the early hours. So it got yeah. to the point where we couldn't really do that much more. The thing is, when you sort of get these sort of equipment, especially limited edition ones, you expect them to be limited edition for a reason. And we both were sort of like taken back a bit. Like, hmm, you spent all this money on it. And it seems like they've made it more to look good than to for the actual power, you know? Yeah, but to we be had fair... We overhooking mine, didn't we? And mine's a saber-tooth tough. X99, yeah. though. Yeah, and yours... What did you get out of yours at the end? The highest I could get it to is 5, but stable was 4.8. Yeah, because you know what? I've been looking online at the, the specs of ours, and a lot of people can't get it over 4.6. Really? Yeah, people, so yours is doing really well. chip as well, though. So you've got, like, a quad-core, haven't you? Mm. No, he's got um, 6-core. Yeah. This is what we're saying. Our chip for Jansen, our chip starts at 3.5. Yeah. And yours starts at what, 3.8? Uh, 4? 4.2. That's the boost clock on it. It's at f- I think yours starts at f- either 3.8 or 4. And the turbo speed is, uh, 4 p- is uh, 4.2. Yeah. But it's just crazy because we've got a 6-core processor and ours is, starts off at 3.5. And uh, like, like I said, he just got his up just to like under 5, you know? But the thing is, like... As much as I was a bit kind of disheartened that I've got all this stuff and it's all top end and it didn't overclock as much as I yeah. thought it would, I'm still happy with having it overclocked, yeah. Yeah, with the overclock that I've got because it's more than what it was and it was running everything smoothly even before the overclock. And yeah. now that every, all the settings have been done, it's been overclocked and it's stable, like it's running even smoother. So I'm I'm not one for benchmarking, so at yeah, the end but of But you day, did buy yours for looks, though. So yeah. at the end of the day, you went you if if someone said to you, right, you can have all this white motherboard, white graphics card, everything'll match, and you'll lose point three of a gig, you'd still go for it anyway. Yeah, definitely. Because as well, I was going for build quality. So with the tough motherboard, it's built with the highest quality components. So it's it's a lot more expensive than any other motherboard to the equivalent spec and to be fair though you've got more chance sorry just cut you off before you carried on to be fair you've got more chance of breaking that motherboard doing something funky in your computer than it actually breaking (laughs) from computing work yeah i know (laughs) you end up cutting something up or touching (laughs) something or shorting something (laughs) but that's why i'm i'm thinking about building stuff outside of the case and then moving it in later on yeah but um yeah, it, all, all the components in there, I've gone for like build quality. So they may not be the fastest on the market, but even the graphics card, it's a limited edition one. And they say to you on the website that this is limited because of the components that they're using to build it. Like there's more, they're so much more higher end than the components they would use in any other that they can only make small batches of them. Yeah, it, it can't be like an ongoing product, and the same with the Corsair RAM. This is like a, a flagship thing that they're basically showing you what they can do. If they got the best components that they could get, this is what they could build with it. And even the light bars in it, they're so much more detailed and so much brighter yeah. than you would get on your normal Dominator RAM. Yeah, because I had the normal Dominator RAM, the DDR3 ones that had the light bars on them, and they were just that was before the lights came out, and it was just like a, a little glow along the top of the uh, along the top of the RAM, and you was like, "Wow, look, lights up!" 
but you didn't really think anything more of it at the time. Now you've got like these, um, is it the Corsair ones that have got the LEDs on top and stuff? Yeah. And it's like, wow, they're so bright and they're so different, you know? And then like, then your ones came out. I, I'd be, I'd be wondered to see what happens with yours if they go up in price, like, cause they're so rare. Yeah. Cause I wonder. They can like, have to, wouldn't they? Eventually. Yeah. Cause if, if they sold out, like, cause they might be sold out by now already. Because uh, like when you think 500 isn't a lot, so they may already be sold out, and you might get people out there that still want them and will pay over the price just because they want them. You, you'll yeah. get people that have bought two or something, bought eight gig or bought 16 gig, and they need and they want you know yeah more, and yeah. they're gonna have to match it. They're gonna yeah. be like Jansen, this got to be the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no matter the yeah. cost. That's cool. But he's built. You'll put some pictures on Facebook of it. And then you can really see. Put some pictures of the inside and outside, and so yeah. people can actually see what. See, even though it's it finished, is. I was reluctant to put pictures up in the beginning because the graphics card wasn't mounted vertically, yeah. and it kind of threw off the whole thing. But now everything inside is how it should be. Um, now I don't mind like putting pictures online so everyone can have a look. Yeah, that's cool. Put them on there, and then see what comments we get, and. Uh... Yeah, if anyone's got anything out there, any information on what we've done or what we've got or stuff like that, just let us know and uh, we'll get back to you on it. But yeah, that was uh, Jansen's build, pretty much nearly finished. When it is finished, we'll put some pictures up of uh, the specialities he's put on there because it will make it stand out and uh, we'll go from there. Right, let's move on. Questions. I've got, I've got a question this month. I'll read it out and then you can give me your uh, ideas or answers or whatever. Is that all good for you boys? Yeah, that's good. Right. This one is again. It's from Trubshaw. They uh, good old Trubshaw. Yeah, now they are. You could bring some wicked questions. Like not most people would ask just like a really basic question, but you're really in depth with what you say in that. So we get to get our uh, brains ticking. And he says, uh, "Hi Nick. When I retired four years ago, I bought the best I could, and it was an i7 2600K, and it had been overclocked by Scan.co.uk. Since then, I've upped the RAM to 16 gig. As you may remember, I brought the 980Ti last year via Amazon and your website. Much appreciated. If anyone out there." does use Amazon, go to our website and uh, we'd be much appreciated if you click our link because the show gets a bit of a percentage and uh, gives us a bit back for us to do something with towards like the listeners, the show, like equipment. She's always very grateful, so thanks for that. And he says, uh, now then, my next upgrade would be either a new CPU, but that may mean a new RAM and motherboard, which is quite a lot of dosh, or the next-gen NVIDIA graphics card, which is 1070 or 1080. And then it says, uh, as I mainly do flight simulators and that they're very heavy on GPU and CPU, I guess I will wait. I guess that could be a podcast question, and which would give you the best frames per second increase per buck. That was like a tongue twister. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you wrote that question thinking, right, I'm going to get him on a tongue twister, this one. <laughs> and if you didn't know, i just done that about four times, and had to edit it, because I kept messing it up. It was quite funny. But yeah, anyway, however, at the moment, my frames per second is good, so nothing immediate. Cheers. I hope to meet you in real life and one day at the show soon. Yeah, we hope to meet you soon too. If you come down to our shows, feel free to come down and play some games with us, get to know us, have a chat. You know, be pretty cool. For me, my information would be, obviously, yeah, to get a new CPU and the RAM and the motherboard is going to be quite a lot of money. But to be honest, I don't really think you need to go with a 1070 or a 1080. If you've got a second slot, on your um, motherboard, I would go with buying another 980 Ti because they're pretty cheap at the moment. You know, you can pick them up for about 200 quid. So with one of them, if you get a, nine, a 980 Ti in SLI, you would probably have a lot more power than a 1080, wouldn't you say? Yeah. So I, I would pretty much go with that. 
because if he's going for a 1080, he's going to be spending like 600 quid. Yeah, 600 quid on a new graphics card. Or if you're going for a new CPU, motherboard and RAM, it's going to be probably more than that, around that sort of price. So, yeah, personally, I'd say to go with another 980 Ti while the prices are cheap. That will give you a good year or two. And then when you sell them in a year or so, then you can bump up to the next one, maybe miss a generation. That's what I'm going to do with mine. Because I was, I was thinking just recently, I was looking and the 980s, you're getting them for like 200 quid, you know. And so for me, I can get two of them, maybe water cool them for the same price or whatever, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, personally, I, I would check out getting a second card if you've got the slot in your motherboard to do it. If not, and you had to make a decision between one or the other, you know, it depended on what your graphics situation is at the moment. If you're satisfied with your graphics card for the minute, I would then go with the CPU and that because the 2600K, even though it's probably clocked quite high, is getting a bit older now and the RAM is DDR3, you know, so you've got DDR4 now, which is a lot faster and that will make a big difference, you know, and the motherboards as well. If you're looking for like looks and stuff, it, it depends if you like looks and stuff, but if you do, then, you know, the new motherboards, they will, they will look a lot different, they have all these flashy lights on and does make a big, big impact to the look of the build, you know, if you're interested in that. Yeah, what about you, Jans? What do you say? Yeah, I agree with you with getting the second card because I think that will give him what he's asking for, the better increase for his money. Yeah. Uh, because his setup seems pretty good already and he's got a 980 Ti in there already. So it's not like it's it's a crap build and he needs to upgrade anything straight away. But yeah. if he does, you were saying you can't just change the CPU. You're going to have to go for a new motherboard and then your ram's not going to fit in it you're going to go and upgrade the ram as well so yeah. whether you're changing those three things or you're going to change your just the graphics card to a 1070 or 1080 they're going to be roughly around the same prices you're going to be paying anything between like four to six hundred pound but the thing is you're, you're not going gonna... to get that much of an increase though with a 10 <clears throat> you are going to get an increase of a 1080 but it's not going to be drastic no if, you know? if he was building something from scratch, like he had an old build yeah. and he, he wanted all that new stuff, then yeah, he'd be in my position where I had a computer that was so old and so outdated that it couldn't run anything. And now yeah. I've got a PC that runs everything. But yeah, for what he's asking, like bang for his buck, yeah, I think the second card is probably the best choice. Yeah, because that would give you another 50% on that graphics card, which is going to take you way up playing 4K fine, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'd say second card. If not, then I would go for the uh, CPU, RAM, and motherboard because obviously the RAM's older than the 980 Ti, like a generation before that. So yeah, but let us know what you do and do. Obviously, he's got the option of overclocking that processor because it's a K. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is that he's probably already got that well overclocked. He said he's done it by um, scan. Yeah, he said scan. Oh, they've overclocked that. the whole yeah. system, have they? And yeah. I could probably think that's probably running it over four, four over that CPU, maybe even a bit higher than that. But yeah, so. Yeah, I say a 980 Ti first. If not, then I'd go with the new motherboard and that just to bring it all up to date. And if he gets a new motherboard, then he can overclock that new CPU as well and yeah. RAM. Well, that's the same as well. If he gets the second uh, 980 Ti now, when he gets a new motherboard, he'll have these two cards to put on it. So it'd be even yeah. better. Be all up to date. But yeah, cheers for that, Trubshaw. Thanks for your question. Much appreciated. And uh, yeah, we do love your question. Send some more in. And uh, cool. If anyone has got any questions, you can send them into extremepcuk at gmail.com. You can also do it through Twitter and Instagram. On Instagram, you just put the question under any picture and say podcast, and uh, we'll put it in. 
And that brings us to iTunes reviews, boys. Now, I do say I love iTunes reviews. We don't often get a lot, but we've got one this month. And uh title is My Favourite Podcast, which <laughs> that's a wicked title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's five stars on iTunes, and that's by, I think you pronounce the name Skidoo, but it's SK1D00. So I think that's Skidoo. Let us know if that's right. And uh, yeah, he's from the UK, and he put that on on the 4th February. And uh, he says... Great guys, always interesting. Good Facebook page also. So there you go, Hans. Good Facebook page. Yeah, um, nice feedback for Hans. Yeah, Hans will get very excited with that. Cheers. Um, but yeah, the Facebook page, the, like I said before, our Facebook page is very unique. You know, we pretty much get the listeners that are regulars and people that get involved. And it's a very, I think there's only about 30 people on the Facebook page. So if you do get on there, you know, feel free to put stuff on and because you, you will get opinions from people. So if you put on there like, I'm going to get a new monitor, what do you think of this? People will go on there straight away because it's so unique to us lot. Um, I find we have some good discussions on there. You don't get inundated with loads of people with their opinions. You just get good opinions from good people, basically. And if you can't wait for the next podcast to ask your question, Facebook's a good place because you'll get a, a response straight away. Yeah, now that's cool. But um, it's the same as my email, though. If you send me an email, it comes straight to me on my phone. So if you do want any, any questions or a little chat about anything, you can do it that way as well. But Facebook, the, the, the better thing about that is you get mixed opinions from different people. If you email me, you'll just get my opinion. But you guys know my opinion's always right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like I say to my missus, she gets really angry with me because like, I'm like, said, look, Ellen, if I'm wrong, I'll always apologise. I'm just never wrong. <laughs> She's like, you smug git. <laughs> and uh, the other day something happened. I can't remember what it was. Something happened. And I said, see, I told you that was going to happen. She's like, oh, piss off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, that brings us to the end of the podcast this month. It's been a bit of a weird month. It's like, I don't know, we're already like nearly three months into the new year, which has gone really, really fast. Yeah. And it's just been so busy. So like to anyone out there listening, we're sorry about how uh, this podcast has been quite quick. And uh, you probably realise that I'm my voice for some reason is going really fast lately. <laughs> <laughs> Did one of you two mention that earlier? Yes. Yeah. Turbo. It's like it's like I'm if I was a CPU, I'd be going at four point six two. You've been overclocked. <laughs> 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 but yeah, now um yeah, it's been a bit of a funny one. Everybody's had a really bad cold, so some people have been jump joining in and dropping out. But yeah, we're sorry about that. But hopefully, we bring a decent podcast and uh, some good games. And uh, yeah. That brings us to the end of the podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next month. Bye-bye. Bye.